This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Hey everybody, welcome to Weekend Confirmed. My name is Garnet Lee. Glad to uh, have you here. October is, you know, here. Rocktober, Rock- you mean? Rocktober, yes. yeah. <laughs> Shocktober. Shocktober? No, I'll, tell, I'll stay with Rocktober. The, all right. the, local, Rocktober. the local ESPN affiliate was calling it Bluetober for the Dodgers, which that doesn't make any sense at all. That doesn't even, no. yeah, there's no it, rhyme. That's or, not a word. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, everybody, you, Bluetober. You, you, can't just oh. add, you can't just add a word and then add Tober to it. It doesn't work mm, that way. Sandwich Tober. Although Tober's no, really happy th- about th- it. Th- thank you. Subway is doing any Tober like every year. That You can't do that. that that's, that's not how that works. Oh, tell that to ESPN because they did. They made it Bluetober. <laughs> I yeah, this, well, it's uh, we can confirm Tober as we, far as I'm we can concerned. <laughs> that's right. Oktoberfest beers will be around though, so that's a good thing. I tried uh, a very delicious uh, pumpkin ale the other day that I hadn't had before. I can't remember the name of it, but most of the pumpkin ales don't actually taste like pumpkin, and this one did, and I enjoyed it in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember how uh, just a few weeks ago people were like, "It's too hot out to have pumpkin spice lattes already." Kind well, of. Well, I'm not a latte yeah. fan anyway. Well, I'm not either. So. It's LA too, so. All right, so we have uh, we have uh, what's old is new again because we are in the you know wake of Grand Theft Auto coming out. Uh, we had great discussions in the show thread last week about Grand Theft Auto, and I think we've had a couple of great discussions on the show. So we are not going to uh, belabor the point, but it is kind of impossible to not talk about it because both the Jeffs are here. By the way, Jeff Kanata, partner hey, in crime. That's right. Glad uh, to be here. You know what? I didn't check. What? And this will show you how much busy I've been. Who won our Who won our fantasy matchup last week? You did. Did I? Or did you really? Did you just? I really didn't check. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? You kind of feel like you just couldn't even wait. Saying it. Couldn't oh. even wait till the oh. tailgate. Uh, you beat me. Oh, I, I had one of the worst. How'd that go? <laughs> I was three and zero coming into that game, and he dealt me my first loss. So thank you. And that, I that was uh, that was one of the worst performing weeks for my my team. Like every guy underperformed from what they were projected. Every guy. I will tell the folks in New Orleans that the check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah. A little voodoo mama action there. Yeah. I laid it down. Uh, Ozzy's here with us today as well. Greetings and salutations, listening public. Wow. Mm, what an wow. interesting. And indie Jeff Mattis. Sup, fools. <laughs> That's Obviously. the counter, counterpoint to Ozzy's interaction. Obviously, he's been playing too much GTA. He is the uh, lone one amongst us who has actually been able to get into Grand Theft Auto Online. That so he'll be correct, able to tell yeah. us what the hell it's about. He's reached the promised land. I have. Yeah. I he's have. he's been through the velvet ropes and can tell us whether it's worth the wait or if you're just all a bunch of suckers. Yeah, that first race only took me a day, but is that I got all? through it. Yeah. Uh, did it really take you that long? To get through, well, yeah, day one, launch day was a total wash. Oh, you didn't launch yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was on there on Tuesday trying to get in, and it was just, I think I might have gotten a glimmer of getting in uh, Tuesday or whatever it was that night. But I like that. A but you know, Garnet, that was not Mattis's biggest accomplishment this week. Oh, no? What was? Oh, shit! I forgot. Oh, He's yeah. joining your crew. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. Thanks, guys. Yes, I got engaged, engaged, everyone. And thank you. 
Uh, no, I'm. Did you super get it? Did happy. you get like? Does a little ding go off? You get an achievement unlocked, sort of thing going? Yeah, in my in my subconscious, I, I kept <laughs> it private. But yes, that did. That it is happen. probably best. I mean, here we are, like celebrating it for him publicly. He's like, I was like, he's like, I didn't really, well, want, I didn't to really want you guys. To <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It was great. Congratulations, my brother. Thank you. Excellent Thank work. You. Yes. So Thank last week we were uh, also diving into as it was happening the Steam announcements. We did not at that point in time know what the third announcement was because it came at the end of the week and. We were all waiting, you know, excitedly for the controller. Dun, yes. Dun, dun. So, you know, and, and I'm exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> yes. That, that, that sure is a controller, all right. And actually, if you think about some of the things that Valve has talked about over the last, say, couple of years, I think that it's it, it actually stands to reason we could have guessed that it would be a controller because they've done a bunch of research into control devices and how humans interact with games and all that sort of stuff. So then right. coming with a controller. But based on that, wouldn't you have thought it was an even more different kind of controller than it? I mean, it's a little different. It, it is a little different. So if you have not seen the prototype controller that Valve shared, it is essentially a dual shock, you know, dual stick sort of controller without the sticks, without the sticks yeah. Yeah. right? With little touch pads in exchange for sticks. Now, the thing is, we haven't played with it. No. And no. the thing that I'm very anxious to, I'm very anxious to play with it as well. And one of the points that they were very firm in making was the fidelity of the device being very high. And, and so that's interesting to me. Yeah. Anytime a company uses the word haptic as many times as they did, I'm, I'm excited. Haptic. Although it's kind of funny, like because valve is, is bringing this thing out, I'm excited for it. Right. If it were mad, if it was cats mad cats or cats, something, right. I'd be like, what <laughs> are you doing? But yeah, no, it's, I'm definitely curious about it. Yeah, it looks kind of interesting. And developers seem to be really high up on it. There are guys like Chris Remo out there saying that it feels really good to control. So mm-hmm. you know, it can't just not take their word for it. Let me ask you a question: Do you project sitting people? Do you project people sitting on their couches playing Dota two with with a, with this thing in their hands? Uh, and would they be able to be competitive with mouse and keyboard players? See, I think the real time strategy thing is a whole other yeah. nut to crack. Yeah, well, it's interesting seeing how this is a company that is, you know, fully behind Dota 2. Right. You'd think that their controller would be the Dota 2 perfect controller. Uh, so that's that is a why I brought it up. Question. Yes. It looks like a keyboard and a mouse. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. It comes with a desk. <laughs> that's right. Um, I uh, I I doubt that that is going to be the case. I I don't think any serious Dota player is going to be using this. But I don't think Dota is really your. Your, uh, That's not prime, the big picture game. Prime case for for living room entertainment. No, it's a it's a leaning forward game, as I like to say, not a leaning backward game. Oh, it's as in you're sitting at your desk, leaning into your screen, sort yeah, of game. I got yeah. you. But you know what? I think that maybe that's a out, you know, that's a, that's not an outmoded, maybe an old fashioned way of thinking of things. Because couldn't we have said the same thing about Diablo 3? And yet Diablo 3 hits on consoles and, and, and has been now by many argued to be the better version. Yeah. Now, of course, it has to do with the design of the loot table structure and, and not necessarily the game. Although direct control is super popular with players. Yes. Super popular mm-hmm. players. And if, if it is a steam box that is made so that you could get big picture into the living room, which uh, which part of the idea is there are probably a number of players out there now who are interested in Steam games but don't have a gaming computer or just like to game from their couch, they're going to know about Dota. Wouldn't it be a natural extension to say, hey, here's the hardware and the connection to the screen, and here's a way to play this game that you've heard about, Dota 2, that you'll be able to play and be and be competitive and have fun with? Yeah, I mean, I think another way of saying that is... That was not a very articulate way of saying no, that. No, I, th- I think you made your point, and, and I think that another way of saying that is if, if you're going to 
swim into the market and say, hey, we're kind of disrupting things a little bit. We're shaking things up. We're coming out with a new controller that's different than what you are used to. Eh, I would kind of think that it should be maybe even a little more different. If it's going to be different, might as well be really different rather than a little bit different, rather than what looks like a just third-party controller as you said, could be a mad yeah, cat's I mean, peripheral. I, I agree with you, except for the fact that I think the reason all these controllers look the same now is because we've sort of reached that point of diminishing return for ergonomic hold in your hand. It's a standard. To stick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. And that, you know, that's why, I mean, even Sony and Microsoft, their controllers are looking more and more like each other now with the next generation. So yeah. but, um, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but Jeff Kanata. It's part of your point, maybe, that if there's going to be a time to tip the cart, this would be the time to tip the cart. Exactly. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And why not do that? Of course, like you said, many of the developers seem to be really in love with it. There's an article over on IGN where where, discuss, where they got a bunch of feedback from devs about how much they enjoyed playing with the controller and how quickly and easily it was to get acclimated to using the touchpad as opposed to sticks, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. you know, I, the one thing that I would question, and I know that there's a lot of you out there who already think I'm blasphemous for this, but... How do you play a racing game with a touch control like that instead of a stick? And I know you'll be like, oh, well, you just slide your thumb back and forth. But I mean, part of the, you know, part of the at least uh, rough simulation of guiding your car is having the stick, which like at least gives you some relative position. I mean, my thing about touchpads has always been that you don't have anything against which you can, you know, your brain makes that mental lever. Yeah. Like when yeah. you're holding yeah. the stick, the stick straight up and down is the stick straight up and down. And yeah, your thumb in the middle of the pad is your thumb in the middle of the pad. But if you let go of the stick, it, it pops back to the middle. And these, I mean, although these things are D pads too, I don't think the that's going to be the same thing. Like it's yeah. going to have the same I, sort of. I can't, I can't help thinking about how much I dislike using virtual sticks on iPads, for example. Right. I know this is going to be very different from that. And again, I'm anxious to try it because I'm not going to you know, write it off from a photo, which is all I've seen so far. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't make me go, Oh, they got it. Valve figured it out. Right. Right. You know, there's, there's still a big, question. Question. like a yeah. little question mark. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I am legitimately excited about it, but that has more to do with the fact that, and it's, that it's a valve product than it is yeah. that it's this really cool looking. You know, I, I obviously so. haven't seen a steam machine yet, but they're all supposed to come in different flavors and they're probably supposed to have USB ports as well. So they'll probably support like, Microsoft controller, DualShock 4, that type of thing. So they might as well make the controller as different as possible if you, they'll still support the uh, the other peripherals as well. Yeah, are you, are you arguing it for it being more different than it is? Or? Yeah, um, um, I go, go all the way. Go make it as different as possible because if you don't like it, you might you can still use the older stuff too. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is we won't know until literally we have hands-on because of how much the emphasis has been about haptic feedback. And that's mm-hmm. one thing all the developers were clear about is that when you actually use this thing, it is the you know the sense of touch coming back through the controller that makes all the difference in it. All right, so then a week on, now that we know the whole scoop and story, what, what do you think of Steambox? We get we really, really wildly conflicting points of view on the shack. So uh, let, me, let me throw some of these out here. Uh, Roman MF said that Steam Machines plus the Steam OS have bust written all over them. I mean, he just hmm. didn't pull any punches. Uh, you can't pull out devices like this that are anywhere north of $500. And keep in mind, it's speculative. We don't, you know, but lots of manufacturers. With limited brand recognition that Valve Steam has and expect to win. You can't compound that by throwing Linux on it and telling devs, let's all program for that now because no one likes Windows anymore. I mean, those are fair points. I don't. I don't think that spells doom and gloom. Um, I think. It, I think people getting hung up on the OS for this box 
is a little bit of a red herring because, well, I mean, they're designing them as a, you know, console basically, right? It's, it's right. you know, it's not, you're not going to be do, doing a lot of heavy word processing or video <laughs> editing on those things. I mean, it's, it's, it's a box you plug in, you'll probably get a steam controller and maybe a mouse and keyboard, but you know, I, I don't really know that the, the whole Linux windows, whatever the OS thing, is, I don't think that makes any difference. Like, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't boot up the PS3 or the 360 and give a whole lot of thought to, you know, the well, I think the point though that he's making is that you have to convince others, you have to convince partners to start programming on that language. And right. unless they can, unless you know, that's what we talked. That's what I brought up last week about Steam needing to have this support facility right. yeah, that's true. That's to true. able to get people to do that. I mean, that's uh, that was one of the things that Red Swirl brought up. Actually, Red Swirl suggested that the whole problem was just the messaging. That Valve, you know, came out with these announcements, but didn't have by virtue of being a new player in the space, didn't have enough muscle behind any of the individual pieces to really make their case. Like they, like they didn't show. The partners. They didn't name any of the partners. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't line up the publishers. Here are the publishers who have pledged right. support for making games for this platform. Right. You know they didn't. Uh, they didn't show any of these boxes. It's all theoretical. It's all just like here we have this beta program this fall. So you know for the level of presentation, which was hey we're coming out. We got these three big announcements. The meat of that was was not up to people's expectations. You know, maybe they could have done it differently. Maybe they could have said, "Hey, you know, here's what we're doing," and we w- because they want to run the beta and they want to get people out there playing with it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is you only get that first time to come out of the gate that one time, so it's a tough challenge. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's just a messaging thing? Maybe Valve feels yeah. like they they have a strong enough uh, library of franchises that the publishers will come later. Like they can put out something like a Left 4 Dead three, or a Portal three, or some or something along those lines. Sell enough, sell enough uh, units, and the publishers will come later. How about it just being a play for the established Steam community, which is pretty large? Because Lowlight immediately countered Roman MF and said that you know you've got six about six million active users at the high times on Steam. You maybe got three to five that three to five times that many in general. So you've got a bunch. You know you do have millions of users, and and maybe that's not the same brand recognition space that a Microsoft and a Sony are in, you know, where, where, you know, you walk up to someone who's walking around the games department in target and say, Hey, you heard of steam. They're like, I don't know, but you know, Microsoft and Sony. Yeah, of course they know them, but you still got this huge community. I mean, millions upon millions of players. Maybe they're just doing it for that. Hockey Johnson jumped right in and said, yeah, you know, this is a game changer for the already large steam base. Do you, what do you think? Just like, are, are, do you think they're just initially going to try and consolidate around the the existing Steam base and strengthen there, and then push out? I think it. I think it depends on what their long term roadmap is for this thing. Like, if if they're doing a modular box where you can swap stuff in, what's the cost going to be? The frequency of that? Like, people are going to need. There's. I, I I need more details before I get super excited about it. What I'm excited about is a, you know, a PC, a really really powerful console that I can upgrade very easily. That also happens to have these ridiculous sales on content. Um, that's that you know. I mean, I think those are the things that I you know know enough about to get really excited about. Now, if they don't have any publishers sign on, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a problem. But I don't think I'm not super worried about that at this point. Yeah, it sort of feels like Valve as a company wants people to move away from Windows as a platform. Oh yeah, well and, absolutely. And so they're doing what they can to make to get that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the weirdest part for the uh, about this for me because 
Um, I think what what they're basically doing is making it easier, an easier entry point to be a PC gamer. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I, I, I dig that. But is it easy enough and does it create a no man's land? Right. Because if, if you really are going to need to have developers writing other versions of their games for your niche box, then you're segmenting your audience in a really strange way. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I'm worried about that, but I like the idea. I like the, I, I like the idea of making PC gaming accessible and not having people go, okay, I'm at Fry's or I'm browsing Amazon or whatever, right. however people buy PCs these days and going, I don't know what to get. You know, I don't, I just want to be able to play games on this thing. Right. Uh, but it's also a little different because I think a lot of times PC gamers are PC gamers because they get a PC, <laughs> you exactly. know, and, so, and they're into their PC and they're into the fact that, you know, they, the PC game player is already buying into this idea of, you know what, a year from now, I'm going to buy a new video card and my PC is going to be even more awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I also, I, when I was a kid, I had a, a computer in my bedroom upon which i played games uh and that was an easier conversation with my parental units than it was by me a super nintendo because uh parental units you know because i could say i get to write my homework on this and i get right, to right you know, it, it was yeah multifunctional yeah yeah so well last but not least warren g1983 uh has an interesting use case you know i talked about how many people there were that were like me he's got an interesting case has he been itching for a steam box for a while uh, is a student console gamer by circumstance by virtue of being a student having a PC but not a gaming capable PC but n- there's no reason to jump and get a gaming PC like I have this PC I have this notebook and it works great for me it it does you know I can get on the internet I can do all my internet business I want to I can word process I can do email it does, my PC does everything I wanted to do but it's not at a state where it could game but yet there's no reasonable thing other than gaming for me to jump out and go buy this expensive, you know, new computer. Right. Enter the Steam box, which could essentially be for him a, a a console in the living room to play Steam games. And so at that point, that says, hey, yeah, you know what? Actually, there is a market for these players who want to be Steam players and just want a box that they can hook up in the in the den easily and play Steam games. But and I think right. that's great. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, uh, but once again, how high is that barrier of entry? Like, how much is it? going to... What's the dollar cost? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, the the ironic thing is, I think PC gamers have for years now rallied around this idea of Valve making a Steam box as a way to uh, bolster the PC gaming market and community as as a way of saying, you know, we hate having to sit there and watch. People play Grand Theft Auto Five and think, oh, maybe in a year we'll get a version that we can right. play. We hate, you know, we love our PC gaming. We love all those fun things about it, but we hate being second fiddle to the to the uh, console market. If Valve really got behind Steam and, and put out boxes, that it could be a rival. Well, I don't think we it accomplished that, or it, it looks like it likely won't accomplish that because it actually doesn't bolster any games coming out on the PCs that they already own. It's a it's a right. completely new environment that the, you're saying. the games yeah. need to be created for. So it's not so if a game comes out for Steambox and Xbox and PlayStation, it's still not coming out for the PC. Well, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, and how much work extra work is that for the developers? Where they're like, well, you know, we still have to stagger our release schedule. We're not. I mean, we maybe we're working on all three versions concurrently or whatever. But that's that's just another 
another Steambox version, is not what you're saying. Right? Steambox is not the vanguard that's about to lead the PC faithful to the front of the gaming pack. Right, which is right. what I think everybody wanted it to be. You know, or at least hmm. I, I think there was a lot of enthusiasm around the idea for years because it felt like, oh, we'd be an equal partner here with the other consoles. Oh, maybe we will. Maybe. maybe. I, I, I hope, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. We'll, of course, know more as the beta gets started. If you haven't already, you can jump over to uh, Steam's website and go through all of the steps there, which includes playing big picture mode on your existing setup. So yep. you kind of have to already be tuned into using a controller and getting uh, Steam onto your television, which makes sense that they want to have people who well, have already played big picture mode on your monitor. Well, right. Yeah. Oh, but you have to like have a controller. Okay, you're right. You just have to have a controller hooked up. They want people who have had some experience with the interface. All right. So I guess uh, we should not put off the Grand Theft Auto any longer. I wanted to give uh, Jeff Kanata, who finished finished the game. I did. Finished the the, uh, campaign. A chance Obviously, to sort of didn't do everything, <laughs> and and you know, there was, we had like I said, we had a number of great conversations about the game in the Shack News threads. One of them that uh, was interesting to me was uh, Defiant Two K, who brought up the point that that he played that they. I always use he. I should just say they or whatever. They have to be non-gender specific. You don't know. Chances are uh, they they they've never been a fan of any of the Grand Theft Auto games, and the differentiation point that they point out is that. Whereas other games that that all these other games involve lots of killing, that typically you as the player are put in a position where you're returning fire and or shooting bad guys. Whereas Grand Theft Auto frequently puts you into positions where you are killing innocents for the sake of greed and self advancement. Right, and that that and that that alone. Uh, it just has like this weird, dirty. Although to be fair, to it. the innocents in the game are generally collateral damage. They're usually not a, you know, it's not like launch a rocket into a crowd of unsuspecting people kind of stuff. And almost every right. time I hit someone with my car, the driver of the car said sorry. Almost every time, you know, oh, right. Michael or Franklin, they'll be like, "Sorry about that." Oh yeah, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> no, I mean, not, not, Trevor. not Trevor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trevor's like, "Motherfucker, I just <laughs> waxed this thing." <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't wax anything. So now that you've so, finished it, yeah. Um, my uh, <laughs> my uh, little two bit review was to uh, link. Uh, oh, I saw that. the tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow speech from Macbeth. Uh, I, I think it's it is uh, a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. I found the the ending to be quite a letdown and uh, pretty much pretty anticlimactic and uh, really not very interesting uh but that said this is my favorite gta game since three it's yeah. it's uh i even liked it more than vice city um i think uh there's so much fun to be had the heists themselves are so interesting and uh varied and the things you end up doing are so fun and and over the top and crazy although there are a lot of these systems that they set up, like you level up your your henchmen, pick pick who you oh, want. Level, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It well, doesn't, you don't see it through. There's not enough of them to have it really be. No, a thing. no. In, in fact, you don't even really notice the impact of of hiring slightly lower level henchmen, right. for your jobs until you play it through a second time, and you're like, oh, okay. If I if I hire the best people for this job, I'm not going to have that one little hiccup that I had that first time when I skipped. Are you doing a second time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and th- and and in fairness, this is partly you know, I got back into it because I had missed a whole bunch of stuff uh, that I'm I'm finding out later uh, that's not very obvious. Like uh, 
for example, and it's and it, this is I won't get too specific about the spoiler itself, but I will tell you about how it works. There are you know those uh, instances that pop up along the map, right? There are also individuals that also look like the instances. They're like a little blue dot, and they're people that are in certain parts of the map. Uh, for example, there's a dude passing out pamphlets, epsilon, you know, pamphlets the or whatever. Scientology analog, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Now. The first time I ran into him, I talked, he's just a little blue dude. And then you walk up to him and it says, press right, right to talk to him. They just have this little conversation. So I talked to him with Franklin, didn't think anything about it. Uh, my next playthrough, I was playing with Michael and I ran into the guy and I talked to him and, and Michael can actually log onto the website that he gives you and go through this thing where it unlocks this series of like three or four missions where you're actually going to mission start points, getting a little cut scene. Uh, it's not super elaborate so far, but it's like, it's another little thing that I was like, I didn't even know this was in here the first time. Hmm. Um, it's amazing. So there's, yeah, the little thing, the level of detail, like Trevor amazing. kidnapping people. I mean, there's, you know, there's always an option when he picks up somebody to take them, oh. to the, you know, um, the, the other, the other couple of things, again, I had a lot of fun. I loved, uh, a lot of the missions. The missions are so wildly varied. It's really fun, but it 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 retains all the things I hate about GTA, such as and have always hated about GTA, such as failing a mission and not really being able to anticipate that that trigger would make me fail a mission. You know what I mean? Just you it, get a you, tr- true, it, but but way more mitigated by the by generous checkpoint. che- checkpointing that they do. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Yeah, I would say the checkpointing in mission structure of this game saves the game. Right, but basically grand theft auto games for all it, it's such an interesting dichotomy because for all of the sandboxiness and and freedom that you get in the game you you're still, the cor- you're still restricted in the missions well through the entire course of the campaign you're playing simon says yeah go walk walk over here do that pick up one of those pour it over there light it on fire Pick up that guy. It's it's always I'm looking at the little sentence at the bottom of the screen and Simon says do this, I'll do it. And I wish, I mean I love I love the structure of those heists. I love the fact that you can choose two vastly different ways to accomplish every heist. But you know, there's ones where you just like par- uh, get any car as your getaway car and park it somewhere to get away. Well, I never really knew where I should be parking it. Right. Or why I should pick a particular car over another car. One time they, they said, oh, no, pick a car that that's fast but won't draw any attention. And I was like, well, ooh, that's kind of an interesting – but it doesn't matter. It doesn't end up really mattering. Right. I could make the bright red whatever be my car and who cares. Yeah. Uh, I wish that there was a, a bit more of that f- uh, freedom within the structure of the missions. Like it would be cool if it was like do this. And in games like Crackdown and um, what was the other one that I was thinking of? Saints Row. Oh, um, uh, Red Red Dead. Uh, oh, not Red, Red Dead. Uh, um, freaking Mars game that I love. Oh, oh I know uh, what you're talking about. Uh, Red Faction. Red yes. Faction Guerrilla. Yeah. Uh, in those games, both of those games, and, and again, they're, don't, they don't achieve the heights of a GTA, but oftentimes their campaign missions are kill that guy or do this or invade that. And they don't tell you how, and there's myriad ways you can do it. Right. And sometimes it's like that in GTA, but most of the time you're playing. Yeah. I mean, the the ones that I really appreciated the most are not the telegraphed. Okay. You're doing a heist. Choose, you know, a or B. Right. It was the, like, you're going to steal a vehicle and they're like, they give you a little, they're like, well, you can go and go in the front or you can find a way to sneak your way in and and be all stealthy about it. And they don't really hold your hand too much. Once they give you that, you know, Hey, there's two ways to do this sort of thing, but 
I don't know. It's you're right. It isn't. It isn't for an open world game that has so much going on. Uh, yeah, the missions are generally pretty focused in terms of what you're doing from minute to minute. And, and some some of the side missions, like um, the uh, the one for the old pe- people, where you can you yeah. steal stuff. Like it just tells you where the stuff is, and you can either walk in and slaughter everybody, or be stealthy and just right. try. To but snag. then at other times, it gives you missions that are just really obtuse. So the, you know, the, the bounty chasing thing. Where yeah. you get like uh, here's here's a oh, here's an aerial photograph of where you need to go. Th- oh, great! An aerial photograph right. of the in- yeah. of, of something in detail. When here's an entire island, and yet I don't have a detail map to really compare against. Then I, I just have like sort of driving around till I see that. Now, see, and they, and but they, that was similar to the Red Dead missions, and they had that in GTA Four too, where they they'd eventually you'd get you you know for the car theft missions, they'd basically start texting you photographs of a vehicle, yeah. and they'd be like, "This is." in this area and you'd actually have to go into your map and scroll around until you found that, you know, it's, and so yes, it does sort of vacillate between you know, these side missions are sort of, you know, give you a little bit more agency in terms of figuring stuff out. And usually it's just amounts to how do I find this specific part of the map? But you know, it's kind of cool. It's because they're not, again, there's a lot of stuff I like. Did you, without spoiling anything, did you find the ending to be satisfying? Um, cause I didn't, I, I did, but but here's the thing is I the thing that I liked about this Grand Theft Auto story more so than most of the other games is that and while it still was very much a okay you're doing missions for this group and you're doing missions for this group it didn't quite feel as stilted as as GTA 4 did for example where you were very much like you're working for this one dude or two people and that's all you see and then when you in, in, encounter a third person or a new mission giver Eventually, one of those other guys is going to completely drop out of the story, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this sort of it does introduce a bunch of you know disparate groups that are pulling you all in different directions. But it di- I didn't feel like I was like okay, this is the you know FIB set of missions because they pepper them right. throughout the you know this is the I don't know I, I thought it was I thought it was sort of a little bit better paced. But granted, I wasn't really going from mission to mission. I would I would do a mission then do like you know four or five other things before I'd go to my next mission, Mm -hmm. you know, including popping around other different characters and playing with a stock market and trying to buy property. And, you know, um, so I, I can't really speak to the, if you play mission to mission to mission to mission, how that feels overall, because the, my overall experience was much wider. Yeah. I have a really weird manner of playing the game and it'll be interesting to see when we take this little break here, we'll come back and let Jeff talk some about online. We'll see if it sort of mirrors if online takes it the rest of the way into the sandbox world mm-hmm. for me, when I sit down and play grand theft, I always start off by doing something not story related. Mm-hmm. And that sort of, and I sort of take that as my like, like kickstart to get back into the world. And I actually really like this. So, you know, like I'll sit down in the evening and I have, you know, I've been done all my other stuff, worked out, came back, made dinner, all that. And I sit down, okay, now I'm gonna play some grand theft auto. And instead of hopping and immediately going to a mission, I'll hop in and, drive around until I find a random event or I will go into the stock market and look at the stock market and see what I can play there. Or I'll just go like create some mayhem or I'll go drive around and look at buildings and see what I could buy. And, and, and I just start sort of playing the game and it feels like a sort of organic ramp, you know, wind up into the game. And then, you know, obviously uh, it's not hard to find something. It's no. not hard to find to stumble, to stumble into something to play or a side mission, a stranger's mission or whatever, you know? Right. And then after I've done that, I'll be like, okay, you know, now I'm sort of in the vibe of things. Now I'll hop in and go back to the main storyline, and it's it's really feels 
very you know natural to play the game that way and i'm really enjoying playing it that way so i mean maybe maybe online though is the next evolution to get to all the sandbox stuff we'll check that out in just a minute when we come back jeff mattis who's successfully made it through the gauntlet and played some grand theft online will uh, give you his first impressions when weekend confirmed continues this episode of weekend confirmed is brought to you by the gamefly app the must-have app for gamers with info on over fifty thousand console handheld ios and pc games Get up-to-the-minute gaming news along with thousands of HD videos and screenshots. Get into the action by creating your own profile, post updates about what you're playing, and stay connected with friends and other gamers. Tired of standing in lines? Find great deals on new and used games, pre-order upcoming titles, and get Gamefly's daily deals all from the palm of your hand. If you're already a Gamefly member, manage your game queue on the go and keep games you like with just one tap. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. All right, so uh, now we are back, and if you're like me, uh, I spent about three hours last night for the sake of the show. It's my, my pouring out of myself, <laughs> just for you guys and gals out there. No, I really wanted to play uh, online, and I, I figured, all right, I'll wait a day. And then some people were starting to say, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. You know what? I had, I, had a, I had the same experience many of you have had, which is getting to that first, there's this little introduction. By the way, total aside, I think that the introduction to grand theft auto online is one of the cooler like game intro sequences i've seen and maybe again maybe it's also again a symptom of living in la but i'm not sure it is because basically what it is is it feels like the beginning of a movie right you know you're like like your character arrives in los angeles i'll try very hard not to spoil anything but you arrive in los angeles los santos sorry you arrive in los santos and then you uh wind up taking a winding path through Los Santos and it's just really cool it's set to music and the camera cuts and angles are all done very cinematically and there's a conversation that's going on in the background it really it just really felt like a cool setup and I'm like yeah this is awesome I totally want to fucking play this I'm down and then yeah yeah, yeah waiting that, waiting the, for the session bl- the blue ring of death. waiting for session it's so infuriating waiting for players waiting for players waiting for session waiting for players waiting for players waiting for session uh, Fast yeah. forward two hours, same thing. Yeah. So Jeff made it past his gauntlet, and you had some insights on that, and then you got to tell us about what happens afterwards. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the, what, what am I waiting for? By the way, what the hell am I waiting for? Yeah, race, tell, tell us about what happens at the end of waiting for session. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna the the very first thing that I noticed, uh, which I actually discovered before uh, I actually ended up getting into a session, was while that intro cinematic is playing, if you have your headset on and you have your mic on. And you talk to Lamar while he's talking to you. Your character's mouth moves. What? Yeah. Nice. So, so, oh, so when he's saying you're just silent guy. Now, now that is also true in game where you're talking to people. Oh, you're him. talking to your crew members. Your mouth will move. So it, it's not exact lip sync. A la battlefield. Right? Yeah. That's cool. very. It's it's very sort of. Oh, that's a neat touch. Um. The the problem is. Okay. Well, I guess let's start with like character creation because you guys have all Ooh. or you guys you guys have done that right. The character. It, yeah. It's, yeah it's I, I created my mess. character. Yeah, so you didn't like the whole like choose your parents' grandparents and choose right. Maybe, well, maybe I'm just spoiled by the character creators from Saints Row and even the WWE series of games where it just gives you so much detail control over every aspect of your character, and this yeah. is definitely not. That. Yeah, if you, so Oz, let me ask you a question: In the world of trade-offs for the online space, if it is a matter of having a world the size of this Los Santos and with the amount of interactivity it has, and they had to some way you know, limit the number of different character models that could be in the game. Would you take that versus being, I could put a tattoo on my 
face of a dragon. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a simpler character creator, but just something a little more intuitive than what we got. I mean, just. Well, I think the whole point was if for not. I think. Yeah. I think the whole point was for you not to feel like you only had a few to choose from. And the way, and you really do, you only have a few to choose from, but the way they fool you is by giving you lots of different choices to make above that wind up resulting in the one you're going right, to get. Well, it and just makes naming my character dragon face completely ridiculous <laughs> if I can't give him a tattoo of a dragon on his face. That's right. Well, I mean, normally in the real world, tr- children are born and then you name them, right? You know, so, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you can name your kid dragon face or say you're going Je- to. Jeff, do the stats end up meaning anything in that character creator? Or? Yes. Here's, but here's the thing. It is also sort of our, you know, intentionally camouflage from the player a bit. Um, so after you basically select your lineage or whatever and your character's general appearance, you get a whole list of stats like how long does your character sleep and how how uh, how much time does he spend uh, doing legitimate work or visiting with family and friends. Or, how often does he party? Or, yeah, sitting on the couch or doing criminal activity. And so, and, the, and you have a certain number of hours that you can allocate to all these different attributes. And what they do is each... Each attribute sort of uh, correlates to a number of your stats. So, for example, uh, you know, doing criminal activity might increase your shooting capability a bit and your uh, driving capability, but it you know lowers your I don't know some other stat. So it's like it's like there's no there's no there's no like this will do this this will do this. It's like right. every it's time trade every time yeah. yeah every time you highlight a stat it says it'll affect these four or five attributes of what you have. So. You can sort of see, and and by adjusting those sliders, if you pick somebody that's like, oh, I'm going to put 10 hours into criminal activity, your guy will sort of, you know, his starting outfit will look like more criminal, more street clothes, more, you know. Oh, what was your starting outfit? Uh, I just had like a, I think I had a, a just a t-shirt or a jacket. I, I have a biker jacket now and some sunglasses. Interesting. I didn't know that was all different. You joined a gang. Yeah. So, so I started, I started off with like a, uh, yeah. I started off in a tracksuit. Like so, a, so yeah, if, and like you, an aqua blue tracksuit and a t-shirt. And if you're on that attribute thing, you can just like tick up the attributes a little bit. And eventually if you hit that watermark, it'll, your character's appearance will change. All of a sudden he's goes from a business suit to wearing like a hoodie and a backwards baseball cap. And you're like, okay, maybe too much criminal activity. Or, <laughs> no. you know, so you could, so, oh, or, That's cool. Yeah. So it is, it is kind of neat. It, it does. I appreciate it because I'm somebody who, you know, in normal character creation systems will get completely ocd lost in the oh i have seven sliders for my nose and like i'm gonna try and recreate you know this famous actor in my game <laughs> which actor so, do you do i've done a whole bunch <laughs> that never end up looking like what there's I, I usually spend like an hour and a half and then i'm like nope that doesn't really that's look. not steve which is, see, good enough <laughs> yeah i'm totally yeah, exactly. totally you usually fall victim to that and i can't stand it yeah, and I'll be stuck in it. I'll be like, nope. I can't stand doing this. Why am Dude, I doing this to myself? I have it, sat. I have sat for this, especially in MMOs. I have sat for tens of minutes in front of my computer, th- trying to think of the name of my. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But I'm just talking about like, let's see, cheeks, little more bone, a little down. I'm moving <laughs> yeah. the cheekbone down. Oh, we'll move it up. Yeah, How and about then the chin. Well, maybe the chin and the cheekbone. Oh, like, and then immediately stop. your character gets a helmet, and you never see that again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Then, so yeah, exactly. to counter this, I would argue that while I thought it was really flaky. I thought this character generation system was cool. It, I was into it. I was like, this I, is fun. Okay, I th- I'm cool. I think it's cool for that reason. And and really, at the end of the day, like your stats are going to be more affected by what you're doing out in the world. I mean, it'll it'll yeah, if you want to be a better, slightly better driver to start out, you can might be able to mess around with your sliders a bit, but it's it's kind of neat and it kind of gets away from that whole like I'm gonna micromanage every last detail and you know, make a 
you know, really pissed off Rosie O'Donnell to run around in the game. Or All whatever, right, so you, you made know, your so character. Like, yes, <laughs> okay. we just talked yeah, about that, that got, for I, twenty I know, minutes. I know. Sorry, sorry. You get to you get to the race. So you get to, and you're you, waiting for players. You're, you're waiting for players, and then finally, well, day one, waiting for players, nothing. Day two, I finally got on, connected to seven other players. This is a huge uh, question mark in terms of why they designed the game this way. Why the first thing they make you do is connect with. You know, seven other people because it's it's so they bottleneck themselves they, into yeah, this they, problem. They bottleneck themselves into this problem, um, and so that makes no sense to me. But you do this race, you finish the race, and I think I you know I honestly can't remember. There might be another another mission that you can you know. There's a series of tutorial type missions that sort of work you into the world, um, but really what it is is once you get past all the the, the opening intro stuff, you're in you know San Andreas. It is completely open but the and there are things to do in this hub world where there are 16 players all running around doing crazy stuff um but the meat of the game is still in these instance versions of you know missions so you know you can be driving around pick up your crew go to a mission start point or you can just open up your menu and go oh i want to do a you know parachuting mission and i'm going to do an auto invite i'm going to invite people from my crew i'm going to invite people from all over i'm going to just invite my friends and then once people fill up the match, you can go ahead and launch it, and it's this sort of instance thing. And then if and then after the mission's done, it gives you a choice of six different other missions with little mm-hmm. descriptions and pictures and stuff. And you can basically vote on what you want to do next, so you become part of this playlist, or you can just you know vote to go back to the free roam mode. Um, in free roam, uh, you can do stuff like you know get yourself a car. Uh, typically, I think there, I think. You know, all these things are sort of gated, unlike they are in this in the single player. So you can go steal one of the super fast sports cars right out of the gate, but a couple things will happen. One is the cops will, you know, if you're loitering around cops too much, they will notice that the vehicle is hot and just start pursuing you. So, so unlike the main game, yeah, if you steal a car in this Los Santos, the cops recognize it as stolen. Yes, provided provided that you have not, it's not something that you can mod if it's a car that's low that that corresponds to your level so there's a certain there's tiers of vehicles so the super high-end stuff you can steal and drive but you can't own it until you level up right i knew they had so you have to get a rep level up yeah this is this starts to make more sense because i was reading about like car insurance right why the hell do I want car insurance that's one of the first things it's the law (laughs) it's one of the first things i get my sr81 no worries (laughs) um because you do have a personal vehicle right in the in online so uh you know this is something that usually will spawn with you it can get blown up and you have to you know go to the insurance or the impound lot and retrieve it again um or you can just jack another vehicle but the basically the way you customize vehicles you get get one that's corresponds to your level or or is you know of the right class i guess and you go to a mod shop and you do one modification like respray it or whatever and then it becomes your vehicle so i'm confused yes in Grand Theft Auto, yeah. can I can I Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. And does the car become mine, or is it, it just constantly it, hot for forever? It becomes yours, but for example, right out of the gate, I was think I was like level three. I stole an Infernus, and I drove it to a mod shop, and I tried to drive into the mod shop, and it was like, this car's too hot. We won't touch this. Um, I wasn't wanted by the cops at that point. They were just like, and you know, it was because you're not high enough level. Yeah, yeah. Because like, your rep level. Yeah. So basically, yeah, but the it doesn't tell made, me like what. Yeah, okay. so, so I'm so I'm a low level guy. I can't go steal a Corvette or the co- or the cops are going to be like, oh, that Mexican guy is driving yeah, a awfully ha- nice car. So it's profiling then. <laughs> you have to sort it's of like pro- it's profiling, it, and it's it's like how the gun, profiling the guns unlock too. In other words, just like Los Angeles. 
Right. No, no so, so. I, so if I understand then, what they've done is they've created, they've designed a system that creates some value to owning a car. Yes. Because as you, as you increase in reputation points, and theoretically it's going to take quite a few reputation points to get up to where you could have that in furnace, yep. then yeah, you can go out and steal the Infernus, and you can you can dick around in it as as you, a street, you may you may actually even have to buy those high end as a street cars. criminal would, but in order to have it as your car where you're not hot, right. air quotes, you know, you're not hot with the car, then you've got to be of a sufficient level of reputation to I, be in that or, car. Or, or, That's kind of a or, cool thing. I, I, I think say, I that's like really kind of like clever. That. Now let me let me qualify this with it may also have to do with the fact that. You know, these cars, these high-end sports cars have to be purchased from one of the online websites to actually own them, which may be how they are actually gating them. So, like, you know, you go to these online websites and they've got all the the super cool vehicles and helicopters and, and planes. And, yes. Now, that is one of the things where at, at this moment, there's only so much you can do in the world in sort of the, you know, super enhanced awesome lobby that they basically turned the world into. Um, you know, you can rob liquor stores and you can, uh, you know, hold up people and ATMs and there's, you know, a few little things you can do, but really the beef of what you're going to be doing and the way to earn the most, uh, you know, respect and cash and all that stuff is to win events, to do missions with or against other people. So there's co-op missions and there's, there's races, land and water and all sorts of, you know, you know, parachuting and, and all these different challenges. And they sort of, uh, I think, I think they keep adding more different types of challenges as you level up, like things you can access. So, well, so, and the idea is they're going to keep adding that stuff dynamically yeah. throughout the life of the game. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so Once it's, they get it running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, well, no, that's, I mean, that's fair because honestly, like, you know, people that bought it just for the online are probably and rightfully so pretty furious right now. Um, I don't think this is a game. A lot of people were buying just for the online. No, I, don't, I don't think that's probably fair, but, but, you know, I know a few people that were really, <laughs> but, but for people who are asking me why I'm not ranting and, 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 yeah. and in throes of craziness over it, it's because this is a single player game. You can still play the main game, right? right? You can still play the main game, which is awesome. And you did not pay premium for the multiplayer. They're not yeah. charging you for the multiplayer. It's not a Sim City I'm, situation. I'm not saying it's that not, that you know. absolves them of all responsibility here. I think that now that I hear the situation and see it with my eyes of how they bottleneck themselves, mm. I mean, yeah, it's great that they had this tutorial idea and I'm sure it's really valuable. And I'm sure that there was a lot of, uh, you know, look, even just looking at the mobile games I'm making the onboarding process. In other words, like how, how you handle those first few experiences with the player when they come into your game. Yeah, they're critical and you want to get them right because if you don't get them right, then the player never comes back to your experience. But but setting yourself up to a situation where you had to create hundred probably hundreds of thousands of concurrent eight player races all off of one shared little piece of content right and all and all it really takes is one stress. bad internet connection yeah yeah and then and all of them are failing out and so now you've got all these crazy server states that you're trying to keep up with like that was that was a rookie mistake no it it, it was it was and 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 it's it's. You know, I'd be a lot, a lot more upset had I not gotten in. I'm sure, but now that I am in, I'm, I'm my sort of optimistic take on it is it's really awesome. It'll be well worth it, worth playing it once it finally. And Jeff is knows this for a while. Well. Once, yeah, once, I'm excited. Once you get down, 
once you get downwind a little bit or downstream a yeah. ways from the point of a, of the point of contact, same thing happens with WoW. When WoW new stuff comes out, the low level areas they just get slammed. But yeah. then once you've gotten a you know a week out and two Any weeks amount. out and people have started staggering, you know now you've got some level fives and some level twenties and some level forties and people are in different areas and different things are happening. Now the servers can sort of stabilize. This is and why I think it better. was such a smart idea of them to delay the online a couple of weeks after the game launches because you have all these people that rushed out and bought the game. And they're already having a good experience with it. And then it, I feel like it doesn't feel if it, it was day one and all these people are like, I want to try online right, right. away. And they right. all hop in. It's like, oh, my game's broken. Right. It's like, no, you've lived with the game for a couple yeah. weeks now. You know, I got a works. counter to this, though. What? My counter is that by waiting two weeks, they actually set themselves up for a heavier concurrent load because on launch well, day, well, yeah. on launch yeah. day, there would have been a number of people who would have taken it home and said, OK, online's there, but I want to play single player. And that, there would have been people who said, I want to play online. So maybe it would have staggered is. Whereas two weeks in, you, look, you, you finished. Yeah. There's a number of people like but you I who think finished that, and they're they've like, already, shit, I'm ready to go try online. They've already won so much goodwill from people just because the game is so meaty and big. And I, the, the conversation is already, I've been playing this game for two weeks and I already have an opinion of it one way right. or the other. So I think a lot of people are giving them a pass that other games like that don't get because it's like, well, I expect the whole thing to work right away. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, and I'll tell you personally, like when I booted it up and it didn't work, I would go back into single player and and, oh, yeah, and, and, I, and then I find myself. Playing. Everybody on my friends list has been doing that. Yeah. I went to go play Card Hunter. <laughs> so, so, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. I, I just have one more anecdote. Well, I have some more questions. I don't want to hear. Oh, okay, some, yeah, yeah. Tell me first of all. Tell me some of the cool things you've done. What are the coolest oh. couple of things you've done okay, so far? So, so here's my favorite story. My favorite emergent story of something that happened in game. This is not a mission. This is nothing. You know that that didn't just happen because. You know, me and some other dude were horsing around, but it basically, I was out in front of a store. There was a, uh, an ISIS, which is basically the mini Coopers, the fake mini Coopers. I was, so I stole that. And you can I can really throw those things around by yeah. the way. Well, here, here's, here's the story. So I get one of those things and as I'm jacking it, I see this guy and it's, I'm out in the, like the dunes area of, you know, the Valley or whatever. So it's, it's all desert and sandy and a lot of Hills and stuff. And this guy comes tearing over the dunes in an, an orange uh, Isis in a Mini Cooper. And he's beeping his horn. Beep, 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 beep. And he pulls up next to me. Beep, 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 beep. And I, so I honk at him back. Beep, 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 beep. And he shoots you. No. And then, and then we, we both you know, do a couple little donuts. And then he peels off. And then we do this little ballet of Mini the, Coopers. The mating habit of the Isis. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, seriously, I was <laughs> laughing so hard. We were doing these little pirouettes, like jumping off dunes, flipping the cars over and stuff. Eventually, I bailed out of my car and got into his car and discovered that if you're in a car and you have unarmed equipped instead of a weapon and you hit the weapon button, you extend the bird. <laughs> what? And, and so, and so you can hold it and your guys just flipping everything off and you can aim it and you can, so you can basically turn and flip the guy off next to you in the car. So he's beeping. And then I re- realized you can tap that. And it kind of looks like your guys dancing. So we're both sort of dancing in the, in the mini Cooper to the thing. He's driving up Mount Chiliad, like rolling the car over by the time we were done. And I finally, I think he went idle or something because we parked out in the middle of nowhere and he just kind of sat in the car. Uh, uh, the front of the Mini Cooper <laughs> looked like a triangle. The left wheel wouldn't even rotate when he when we accelerated. So this thing, was I was shocked that it was still actually able to run. Jeff but, went, I'm going to go propose to my girlfriend. And that guy went, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> but I thought we had something here. I thought this oh, really and, meant and, something and we, and we did rob a store. In there, oh, wow. in, in the middle, in there, and and went to, and I was like, "Hey, dude," because I had my mic on, but he didn't. And I was like, "You got some money for me?" 
and sure enough, cha-ching, there's a little... I mean, oh, nice. Yeah, there's a little uh, a thing where you can... I do wonder how many players... Like, I think you're... I wonder how much of a, you know, edge case here. I think most players are going to be like, screw you, dude. Well, yeah. And then, you know, all chaos. That's ensued. how you know it's true love. I mean, but but like, it's it's fun to be just be driving around the world and like... Oh, not- this game is so sweet. Have, you, have any of you watched... I think that if you are into YouTube, there are going to be some amazing YouTube videos. No doubt. I've already yeah. watched one of them. I watched this one where this dude hops in and I don't know which car it is. It's like, it looks like a Chrome covered sports car. Right. And he goes out to Mount Chiliad and he like, first of all, he like builds up his wanted level. I watched this too. Uh, th- right. Th- this video is outrageous. Yeah. And he's like racing up like goat paths in the sports car, right. using Michael's ability to slow time to slow time and launch sticky bombs yeah. and throw them on helicopters right. and I that blow too. helicopters. Yeah out of the sky I'm like this is fucking rad yeah it, it really opens up the possibilities i never once in the campaign never once used any of my character special abilities oh, just completely dude, ignore oh time no franklin's is great yeah the, the driving yeah, stuff it's, it's, but the flying <laughs> thing is cool i mean I've, I've had the same experience like i've, I've been enjoying the the drug running uh drug running stuff and i was out the other day and i did one of the missions is and i'm coming back to the airport getting ready to land it's like i'm having this moment it's another one of those like driving months like i'm i'm in the plane i'm lining up for my landing the sun is like just going down over the edge of the horizon so it's got that beautiful orange light right and as i'm coming down like this crop duster comes flying across my path like he's just like doing his thing i'm like what kind of world am i in? i'm like here i am like i've just been i'm just off you know running drugs for a while but look here i'm in a beautiful land and i'm landing my plane and oh look there goes the farmer he's gonna go crop dusting i still stop and so admire bizarre. the scenery oh yeah sometimes i'm like wow this is the best part of the so, game so so yeah i mean emergent the the emergent like sort of hub world is it's a lot of fun but it really is just sort of a you know mess with other players or do some heists at the or not heists but store robberies and low-level crime yeah. until you get you know until you're ready to get into a mission it, um, it does sound like it's just a lot of fun to just dick around with like eight people oh, I just, get, well, get, get a bunch of people in a plane and then it's like something <clears throat> crashed into the vinewood signs for no reason my it, my my one of my other funny moments was just driving by and noticing somebody's robbing a liquor store and pulling up alongside their car and shooting the tires out and then driving away <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, you're back in the car yeah, and like, what the yeah, hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, so then my next question is how dangerous do you think this world will be and and part of my i mean here's the next part of my question is when i when i get past this first race right. and i go to play can i play grand theft auto online and just play in my world and not let other people join what you can do well you can do a gated game where it's where it's i think it's in, invites only so i played with uh some people from the shack news team yeah. the, the other night and we were it was all shackers okay um, which was cool, but if you're in a random game and you haven't all partied up and aren't in the same instance, you, there's a thing called passive mode. So you can basically hit your quick menu, which also has some quick GPS things. So while you're driving, you can hit the hold down the back button, and it'll give you a little scroller thing where you can go. I want a quick waypoint to the nearest mod shop, and you can just okay, that's and cool. it'll, So you don't have to go on the map and place it. Um, wait, I lost my train of thought. Where? How dangerous is the world? Oh, and can I oh, create? Can I create? Yeah. In other words, what so, I'm saying is, can I log in and just make it like Grand Theft Auto Online, but for just me? So, so set it to friends and not invite anybody. So, passive mode is basically for a hundred dollars of in-game cash, which is a pittance. You can turn this on in the in the menu mode, and it basically means that other players can't kill you. You can't kill them. You can't. I mean, you can't. You can drive. You can. You know, do some basic interactions in the world, but you can't actually. It, it takes away the griefing. So, if you have money that you don't want somebody to steal and you haven't hit your ATM through your phone or your, your bank yet. Um, 
you know, it prevents. And you can activate that off the quick menu. Yeah. For a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks. So So basically you can like take out a hundred dollar insurance policy, bang. On yourself. And yeah. And then, and then you can't be killed. I mean, I think they might be able to like run over you, but you won't lose any health or anything like that. So it's just like, that sounds like YouTube video fun. I, yeah, I think Keep running oh, over me. Oh, there's gonna be a ton of YouTube video oh, if yeah. I with the online but, stuff. But it, but it shows the people that have are in passive. It's got a little no sign like over their character icon or whatever. And so, in light of that, then how much do you anticipate? I mean, what do you think that the wild west, so to say, of public games will be like? Will people be playing? Do you think people will play public games? Do you think it'll become like Call of Duty, where people hop into public games knowing that? Look, I mean, I I project. I sort of see this world like if I hop into a public game, I'm going to sort of expect that anybody who comes my way on radar is going to want to rumble. So I'm going to have like whatever my best weapon is ready, cocked and loaded. Like, OK, they have, they have done something to mitigate that. Um, and they, it's called a good sport, bad sport system. OK. And I guess if you're a player who likes to run up to unsuspecting other players and just shoot them and take their money you'll eventually end up in a bad sport pool. Oh, I remember them talking oh, about this, right? Where, you get in a bad sport where games, you'll, right, right, you'll right. be paired up with a bunch of other jackasses that just like to go up and shoot shoot new, newly spawned folks. Yeah, I was just going to ask them, uh, like, if you co-op with someone and just, like, go rob a liquor store together, as soon as you two walk out, can you just point the gun oh, yeah, at you each can, other? Oh, yeah, you can totally oh, do you that. Can, yeah. You can cold cock the guy while you're standing there pointing the gun at the clerk. Like, you can you can literally, you know, friendly fire is a thing, and, and you know, that's so one I guess of the we'll see how well that works. I mean, we'll the see, bad like, sport. The bad sport server looks like Escape from L.A. <laughs> yeah, Snake yeah, Plissken. And yeah, exactly. Like but you know what would be great? You know what would be cool is, you know, because you can have like four different characters. I could actually see myself making a character just to have a dickhead character to be on that because that server would, in, in its right. own way, would be it, its it own be sort of fun. fun. Yeah. Right? right. There's different right. sorts of fun to have here. And, and oh, when I, when, I, when I jumped into the last game I jumped into the other day, I jump in and there's my car and I'm like, oh, cool. And then I hear a helicopter off in the distance and I'm like, oh, shit, that's another player. And then all of a sudden... I'm in my car, just starting to pull, just starting to pull away, and I hear ting, 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 of these bullets hitting my car, and I'm like, dude, what an ass! So I drove under an underpass and uh, managed to take cover, and was returning fire with my Uzi until he sort of boned out and flew away. But I was like, man, you know, so you can go into passive mode if you don't want to mess with all that griefing and stuff. But it is kind of entertaining to, you know, you can look on your map and you'd be like, oh, who's this jackass coming at me? Like. Is he is he coming for trouble? Sometimes they'll zoom by you. Sometimes they'll stop, and gunfire will be exchanged. It's it's. I just think it'd be really fun if you could just like take a sticky uh, sticky explosive or something, just put it in someone else's car, just wait for them to show up, and then boom, sure totally do. Yes, Are totally you gonna play doable. this? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we need a, we, I think we need a weekend confirmed crew. I, I I've already too. friended you guys. I know we're friended, yeah. but so we need to make a crew. I think we need. Like, yeah, I would yes. love that. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm like I said, I'm pl- been playing with the Shack News guys. I think each character can have up to five crews. That oh, you, sweet! That so you can make multiple crews. Yeah, I mean, if you if you switch crews mid game, it'll bump you out of the session, then pull you back in to another session because. But but I can have different loaded. crews on one identity. Can I have Tom yes. Cruise? Yes, Tom Cruise. Yes, I've I created a crew called Indy Incorporated, but there is no I, I haven't invited anyone yet, or it's nice. just an empty. I like the ironically it. named. Yeah. I like well, I, I I hate to say this, everyone, but I I kind of think you probably still hear some more about Grand Theft Auto from the show. The might, it might be stuff might be cool. online. You know, I can probably I think I can well, probably put a pin in the in the single player discussion although i think i'm only like i'm only like a third of the way through i think well, well actually, when you get done well maybe we can do a spoiler one but yeah but the multiplayer it the, just sounds the, the game and the game is just made for these death matches and team death matches and last man standing death matches where you you know your team has yeah. two extra lives and and 
you know, that's all that it's you have to It's going to be great to see how that starts to mature as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening to this on a Friday, uh, there should be a patch up by now. Hopefully Rockstar is saying that they want one as soon as Friday. So yeah. hopefully everything's going to be. I'm sure they'd all, love to get that patch up for the weekend. All these, yeah. is, all these issues are going to be behind us sooner than later. All right, uh, we will leave these issues behind and move on to uh, Card Hunter and some recoil and who knows what else when Weekend Confirmed continues. Don't go anywhere. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening to this. You want to play all the latest video games? Well, try Gamefly.com, the number one video game rental service. Number one! Right now, you can sign up for just $5.95. That's $5.95, their lowest price ever. Gamefly has over 8,000 titles, including the hottest new releases like DMC Devil May Cry, The Walking Dead, and Hitman Absolution. Here's how easy it is. Just sign up, select your games, and Gamefly will ship them directly to your door. You can keep the games as long as you want, and there are no late fees, and you can cancel at any time. Once you're done playing a game, send it back, and Gamefly will send you the next available game on your list. Now you can also play hundreds of PC games with Gamefly's new unlimited PC play, free for members. Gamefly also saves you money by letting you try your favorite games before buying them. If you really like the game you're playing, simply click Keep It on the Gamefly website, and it's yours at a deeply discounted price. It's just $5.95 to start! Did I mention that's their lowest price ever? Simply sign up, pick your games, and Gamefly will rush them to your door. Go to Gamefly.com, that's G-A-M-E-F-L-Y.com, and sign up today. All right, so you may remember a couple of three weeks ago. I, I, I just have to roll that out every time. It's just, <laughs> I, I should stop doing it. You remember about three or four weeks ago, I uh, brought up a little game that I had started playing called Card Hunter. Very cool combination of collectible cards and uh, you know the classic, almost Japanese-like SRPG. Very Final Fantasy Tactics-like in movement, Fantasy movement Tactics. and movement and... It it's hooked, actually very, it has hooked Jeff Kanata. Well, do you remember what you said when you when you talked about it on the show? Probably something about it would be dangerous to your well being. Well, you said it was it was a game made for me. It was made, and for it you. really is. It really is. Totally it really is. I mean, it's it's a it's a classic uh, card combat system like you see in, in board games like Memoir Forty Four or Battle Lore, um, and uh, match mixed with a tabletop. D&D scenario and it's uh, we talked about this when, when you originally brought it up how charming the fiction is that you are hanging out with these two brothers an older brother and a younger brother who are training the he, the older brother is training the younger brother to be a, a DM dungeon master uh, in uh, in this universe and uh, so there's this meta game that's happening of like a pizza delivery girl that comes to the door and delivers pizza oh, cool. and there he's nervous because he has a crush on her and he's like well, you know I really like that I'm I'm really trying to make my scenarios have fiction that is more interesting and has real character arcs, you know. So they have these like little dialogues that happen over the course of the game. But what you're actually doing is you're sitting on a, sitting at what is a graphical representation of a grid that you would see at a tabletop game with little standee characters like you would see in a tabletop game. And it's a this is a brow- free to play browser based game. Um, Cardhunter.com, I think it is. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, the the real genius of this is that e- even despite the tabletop theme and uh, conceit of the game, it is a game that would be impossible to do on a tabletop because the way it all works is that you have these, you start out with one, but you end up getting three characters in your party. 
and each of them has a deck of cards that is the all the actions they can accomplish during the course of a round. So they'll draw cards into their hand and each of the three characters in your in your party has their own deck. The decks are made up of cards that are derived from all the items that they have equipped. So if you get a new sword, that sword has three or four or five cards that okay. do certain things associated with that sword. And they can be wildly different things. Um, but that sword comes with those cards. And so you have, you know, two weapons, a helmet, boots, chest piece, gotcha. all the cards that may are derived from each of those items go into your deck. So that would be really impossible to do a table. I mean, logistically it would be really difficult because it's like, well, I get a new item. Okay. Well, let's figure out what cards from this box. You know, there, there, there'd be a lot of stopping and starting. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why it's so wonderful that it's a digital version of this. And that combat system is awesome. And I'm so hooked on it. I have been playing this game nonstop since I finished GTA last week and uh, I'm about level nine right now. The difficulty really ramps up around seven or eight and it starts getting pretty nasty. But the level of variety that they have for all kinds of stuff, like right now I'm fighting these wizards that will just manipulate, like throw stuff on the ground underneath my characters, like lava and spikes and cause cave-ins that like hit you know, rocks fall from the sky and hit you in the head. Fucking and then, wizards, man. Right? Like, like, like those are cards too? Like just like lava cards or just like spell effects? Spell like, effects, yeah. yeah. And and then the cards, those are actually cards that are on in in play on the surface of the yeah. table. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's so awesome. Um, so there's all kinds of different things the bad guys can do. And, and the variety is there you would never be able to have in a real tabletop game. But the joy of getting new items and finding those new cards that the items can do and mixing and matching. And what the game does so brilliantly is that when you're in the middle of a fight, so usually you'll go in and do these modules that are set up just like a D&D module will be. Right. So you'll go and do, you know, the the frozen dungeon of... Frozen oh, guy. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And you click on that and your party goes in there and it'll be either like three or four battles, one after another, right? And between each of the battles, you get loot for that battle. So it starts out, you know, it'll be like, you know, a few enemies and you have to beat all those enemies. And then you get loot. And so in between each of the battles that are stepping through this module, you can rearrange the items that you're wearing on the fly. Now, are you sort of spending these ability cards that your items have as you go through, you know, so you can only. No, then you mean like from from fight to fight, it starts over. Oh, okay. And you okay. get all your hit points back. And gotcha. like each fight is a self-contained unit. Okay. So basically the way it works is you start the you start the round. You can move in any order. It doesn't, you can ha- have. One of your characters move four times in a row, whatever. And even movement, even moving around the map costs cards. So you have to be real frugal and like, for instance, fighting these wizards that are throwing stuff underneath me. Right. If I only start with one move card and I move and then they throw something underneath me, I'm going to get dinged for being on top of lava as the next round starts unless I can get my character off of that. So in fighting those guys, and if you fail in one of the fights, you get to try each each thing up to three times before it boots you out, right? So in in fighting those guys, I go, okay, well, I want to load up on movement cards into my deck. So, so I swap and... out items that maybe right. will give me more movement cards. So it's really wonderful tactically to be able to on the fly adjust. So basically it means, uh, unlike a lot of role-playing games, 
I'm not just slotting in the plus five sword because I used to have a plus four sword. Right, right. I'm slotting in weapons and armor that are situationally specific. And that makes it so much more fun because it really is um, it really is strategy rather than just, oh, this sword does a plus 10. I'm using that because a plus 10 is better than plus 9. So do you know what you're going to be facing before you face it so you can make some sort of tactical... Not really, no. But but but, from, if, but if you get up to three fails and you fail the first time, you'll kind of know how to adjust. Exactly. Right, and right, and okay. when you are sort of mid-fight, you can sort of swap things out. Or not mid-fight, but I mean mid-module. So you go through right. one fight. It's like, well, I'm fighting a lot of trogs. I'm going to keep fighting trogs. Time to get probably. my trog hammer out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, then I, I, I guess there are certain certain enemies where you kind of want one class to hang back. Like there are certain guys where you want your knight to just hang out and just let the wizard take care of it. Well, I mean, it's it's very much that holy trinity of role-playing games. You've got your tank class, you've got your uh, DPS flimsy robe-wearing class, and you've got your cleric, which is sort of a hybrid healer and bludgeoner. Right. Um, so you, those are the three main classes that you'll have in your party. And, uh, you know, you, you don't really ever want your sorcerer to be standing toe to toe with anybody. So you don't want them to hang back, but the, the variety of different spells and card effects is so numerous and so interesting. And I'm having so much fun with that pure strategy battle element, which is very much my favorite kind of game anyway, that this game, this game has totally hooked me in. Now, my complaint about the game is that it's free to play and it's got all these free to play hooks in it, mm-hmm. which I find I, luckily there is an option to give you buy what they call the basic edition right. because there are certain modules that they call treasure hunts that they guarantee an epic level item at the end of them. And those are all locked away behind a, uh, a currency in this game. The currency is pizza slices. Oh, of course. And pizza slices can only be purchased with real human being money. Um, but they let you to buy the uh, basic edition, which unlocks all 11 of the treasure hunt modules. So that's like a one-time unlock. One-time unlock. But you'll still they still have an opportunity to go and buy uh, uh, basically loot pinatas, these little chests that open up and give you loot right. with real money. So there's always a way to spend more. Yeah, I just wish this game was pay this amount of money, you get the whole game. I just, I like that better. I don't mind free to play when it's cosmetic stuff. I'm, but re- I'm really curious not to go back to GTA five, but their whole, not their microtransaction stuff is down at the moment. Yeah. But, but that is going to be, really or, well, they took it offline intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's everything. And because all it is, is buying money. It's buying money to buy more money in the game. But some of the stuff on online is so damn expensive that I'm kind of looking at the jobs that are available and how many, Anyway, so I didn't mean to detract at, at your level. At your level, so, well, I mean, well, true. They're kind of they're kind of playing it two ways. It's like, hey, do you want to do you want the role playing experience? Do you want the role playing experience of coming to LA as a scrub bandit yeah. and working your way up, or do you want the experience of okay, I'm going to go in and buy my way in? Right, right, yeah, exactly. No, no, it's a smart way that they're doing it, but it's yeah. it, it could be a situation where you're like, man, that I really. I really want an apartment, but I think I've got like twelve grand in the bank after my six hours. And I mean, granted, I bought a, some shirts and stuff, but but like the par- apartments <laughs> are like, like shirts. Dude. I bought some shirts. Apartments are like you know two hundred fifty k. You know, yeah. and you're just like I don't know how I'm gonna. Anyway, back now, to card. No, Hunter. it's a double edged sword because yeah. I love the fact that in Card Hunter's case, I can just you know go to the take my browser to that site right. and start playing right now for free. Right. But I want to be able to just buy the game. I love the fact that I can try it for free, but at a certain point, I want to just buy it 
and then have it and not have to worry about, oh, I'm going to have to buy more. So that's my question. Do you feel like you're going to have to keep buying and paying to keep playing? Well, I, you, they do this nefarious little psychological things. Nefarious does not have a good connotation, by the way. No, it's diabolical. It's these little psychological things where after every time you, you finish a fight, it, you get you open a chest and you see the loot that you get. But there's also a little piece of bonus loot that if oh, you're a no. member of the, the Card Hunter Club, you'll get the bonus That's loot. That's the worst. And it's a monthly fee to be a part of the Card Hunter Club, Ugh. which of course, you know, I bought that, for a that month. That doesn't please me. Because it's, like, it's sitting right there. Look yeah. how awesome an item that so, is. So how long before free to pl- these kind of free-to-play models come full circle and just become game demos again? I know, right? (laughs) And free to play isn't bad if there there, if there are ways to earn that stuff. Isn't that the kind of nut that at uh, Hearthstone cracked after a while? Like you can actually get everything without having to pay real money for it, right? Uh, I mean, lots of lots of there are a myriad uh, different plans for free to play, and there's across a whole wide spectrum of you know uh, the ones that bother me the most are the ones that are say. You can't play this anymore. Wait 24 hours right. unless you pay more money. You know, that those are the ones that I find to be complete. I just be like, yeah. ah, screw this game. I don't want to, I don't like it anymore. Um, I, think, I think the new puzzle quest is doing that right now. Yeah, the, the, Marvel, the, Mar- the Marvel one. Oh yeah. God, that's, I'm that's not, so disappointing. Not into that. It's, it's calling it puzzle crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I can hi- highly recommend Card Hunter. I was happy to spend 25 bucks on it to get the sort of basic addiction addition with the Basic addiction days. is right. Basic addiction. That was my Freudian slip showing. Um, but uh, but the game itself is a blast. I highly recommend it. I find the the combat system to be sublime and it really it gets really hard and really challenging and really fun. And uh, you know another thing that bugs me is I'm sitting here looking at the Card Hunter site. Is that nowhere can you see what sort of expenses you're looking at prior to logging into the game? You mean nowhere can you to, to find There's no, I can't tell you. Like I was going to say, oh, well, here's what these things cost because I was going to give you the details. But I can't give you the details because I can't give you the details apparently until would, I log in. That would prevent you from downloading it, darn it. You know, if they gave you all the pricing information up front, you might be like, eh. Well, you don't have to download it. It's just in your browser. Or whatever. Or going there. The, it's even worse than that, though, because if you are sitting at, uh, at your little loot output thing where your mm-hmm. chest is open and you're looking at that piece and you're like, well, I haven't bought anything yet, but I want those boots because those are awesome. If you click on, hey, I want to buy some uh, 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 subscription to the Card Hunter Club, right? it offers you, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever. It doesn't offer you that basic edition uh, where deal. Do, where does it offer you the basic edition deal? You, only when you click on pizza slices oh, individually God. does it offer you that deal. So each little menu where you can pay real money offers different kinds of things. And that's just, it's just like, let me, let me give you my money and let me just have the game. I just want to play the game. I really like your game and I'm yeah. willing to pay for it. Just tell me how much it is and I'll let me pay for it. I don't want to keep having to go to the well and. I just want to pay once. Right. Just once. Right. And I, and I'll pay a little bit more of that once, but I don't want you coming back to me next week and going, Hey, you know, exactly. I could use a little more money, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm of mixed emotion. I, I'm not, I'm not going to just, you know, out and out say, you can't ever come back to me for money, but if you're going to do microtransactions and have subscriptions and have packages, then make a player-friendly mix of them as well. Because one thing that is really important, and this is this is me now coming from the standpoint of having been in the publishing business now and looking at mobile games, is that it's it's much 
better as a long term. It's much better to think about long term. It's much better to think about, hey, this is like a card game like Card Hunter. You can have players that play this game for a really, 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 really long time. And yeah. I think it's fair to say that if you're playing this game for a really, really long time and it's a game where I'm going to be making a lot of content to keep it going, that we have some kind of symbiotic relationship where, yeah, every so often there's something you want and you buy and you pay me some money and I keep working on it. But you have to think about that from the outset and you have to be you have to be cognizant of, hey, I'm not going to try and get these guys and gals right now just for everything. I'm going to like create a, a relationship with them that's a really good relationship. And then over time, you know, we're going to have this good back and forth. You know, we've seen this in different ways. Like the, the change to iOS 7 caused a big blow up amongst a number of app makers. I am one of the loudest ones has been over this rss feed reader called reader i don't know if you follow this at all but reader was a free ios reader and then uh like there's like this, the guy who develops it he's one person does all the development work on it mm. went and created a new app for ios 7 called reader 2 and charges 4.99 for it and if you go to their if you go to the web page go to the uh, itunes store for this uh for this the page for reader 2 in the itunes store the reviews are are of two sorts Five stars, it's awesome, great product. And one store, you're a fucking asshole for charging us for an update to your product. Yeah. And, you know, like it's because of how poorly managed the transition was handled and because of how poorly it was communicated. Hey, here's what's going on with development. And here's why it's taking me so long to make this iOS seven. Right. You know, I put all this effort into making this iOS seven version and I have to get paid. So, you know, how does that translate to games? Well, it translates to games in that. What you're talking about here, like this whole like I'm going to keep stuff hidden and like this is going to cost this much. But if you're over here, you might get this deal. If you're over here, you might yeah. get this deal. Like that's the that's the stuff that this psychological manipulation that Candy Crush does yeah. that makes them a shit ton of money. Well, that's, that's the problem fine. is that it works. Oh, it works. It works. It makes you a shit ton of money. But what I'm saying is you can make a shit ton of money and have a really great relationship with the player as right. well. And a game like Card Hunter, which is made by a bunch of guys and I mean, they listen to the show. So like, I sorry, love their game. I'm sorry that we're railing on your on your monetization system because you may and partially take it as a compliment because we love your game. But we think that it, we think constructive that you could, criticism. We think that you could handle your monetization system in a way that would build a great long-term relationship with players, and you wouldn't get this response from Jeff, who loves your game so much. At the same time, you're already putting him off, and that's not a response well, you want. Exactly. Right? And the, the the real problem is uh, with all these games like this is that I start playing this weird meta game of how little can I spend. I'm I'm playing a different kind of game with myself of how can, how long can I play for the least amount of money? Right. Rather than I want to play your game, I want to buy it. Can I buy it? Well, like right. buy you it. may and, and Jeff, you know what the the counter argument is. You may not ever get that situation with some games. A game like Card Hunter that is intended to be a analogy analogy to D and D, where there are modules that keep coming out and content that keeps coming out. You may not ever be able to buy it because you can't. We don't even know what all is going to be coming out now because there's well, be more if, stuff down the road. That would be awesome. Give me a you know a Card Hunter expansion. Like okay, now for levels you know whatever to whatever. You, there's a new but we're pay me another at, 15 bucks but we're working in a different sort of 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 cycle in that they're not just built they're not creating the game stopping working on the expansion right. creating the expansion stopping they're they're constantly running the game keeping the live operations going and injecting new cards doing all the upkeep of that stuff and so it there is a balance here there's absolutely a balance that can be struck to where you have a good healthy relationship with the player and at the same time in the same time the publisher and developer are looking at that going man my ltv my long-term value on these players is fucking awesome i'm making you know well until, until they, a month off them or whatever until they reach jeff's breaking point where he's like 
where you know the the monetization method actually bites the long tail off, and it's right. like, and it's That's like, dude, I don't want to. Yeah, it's exactly what yeah. I'm saying is you don't want to ever get to a point where you're where you're most excited, most evangelical player like Jeff feels like, like they're go, being get through all this, and then it's like, yeah. but you know, but you know, you don't want to hear but you know, yeah, yeah, you don't really don't want to hear but you know. But I I will say, it's a great game. I highly recommend it to everybody. Like that card. That card battle system is so brilliant and so much fun, and there's so much variety to it. And I'm constantly figuring out new strategies and um, subbing in. It, it makes the it so- action derives the action derivation from your uh, from your equipment stuff is really cool. It's that's so that's cool really because innovative. it makes it makes low level equipment still viable. And it's, it's situational. Yeah. It's 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 like oh, you know, just because this is a level seven you know wand and that was a level right. five wand, it doesn't necessarily make it better. It's what works in this particular situation and the fact that they give you unlimited inventory to keep, you know, subbing stuff in and out, man, it's so fun. It's so fun. So how about some news stuff? And then uh, we'll like move on to some other things or actually uh, Ozzy wanted to talk about recoil. Well, actually, yeah, I checked out a recoil earlier today. It's uh, for those that don't know, it's a FPS. It's like a very counter-strike source style of a FPS. It's from uh, 505 games, plastic piranha who are basically like some, seasoned industry vets from games like Modern Warfare, Battlefield 2142, and a lot of guys that have done mods for maps like COD and Counter-Strike. So it's really the old school type of deathmatch where it's, you got deathmatch, team deathmatch, domination, like that type of thing. And it really does feel like kind of old school, but they, they just want to go the other way from games like Battlefield 4 and like All Duty Ghosts, where just like, it's it's gotten like really complex. Like there's a lot of like all, all these features you have to keep track of, prestiging, that type of thing. We're just gonna give forty weapons, six classes, all of it's unlocked. Like, go, go, have fun, have a good time with it. And it's, it's honestly, it, it's, it's kind of a throwback in a lot of ways. Like, I actually really enjoyed just wandering around the map. Some of which are based on like places like Afghanistan. There's like a bridge that's based on like some old Call of Duty map. There's a, there's a map called Riverside that's based on Bog from like the first Modern Warfare. And there aren't like a lot of like hiding spots. It's just like. It's meant to keep the action just going like nonstop, and I just I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I think it's inter- interesting that they designed it with the uh, competitive gaming in mind because they want to capture that esports crowd, and and they're already like. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, how's the damage modeling and and stuff? Is it is it closer because you? It's really clo- a- it's really close to Counter Strike, and in fact, like they're not shooting for realism with a lot of the weapons. Right, like there's a sawed off shotgun that gets ridiculous range and it actually reminds me a lot of uh, call of duty 2 like is it like a one shot one kill if you get hit in the head you're down or is it oh yeah there are definitely headshots that where it's like one shot one kill but cool. for, for the most part it's like even even like from long distance if you have like a sawed off shotgun you can take them down in a couple of hits so it, it's meant to just like kind of keep the action just going non-stop and i did really think that it was interesting that they want that competitive gaming market and they're to the point where they're even adding like twitch integration like natively and that they're trying to like work with work to get like tournaments going. And I like the confidence that they have too, because I asked them like, okay, when are you looking to launch? And they're like, Oh, we're going to launch sometime next month. We want to go head to head with the uh, call of duty and battlefield. And we make, want to go head to head with <laughs> call of duty and battlefield. It make it makes me wonder. It's like, do people, do people really want like that old school guy kind of, kind of shooter? Did have these, have these games really have gotten that much, that much complex or people really have to put a time investment in it where where as opposed to something like recoil where you can just jump in just play for however many hours go go back and just play some more i think that the only trouble in that thinking is that that is 
to me, what you described, that, that description fits the Call of Duty player to a T, right? right? I mean, they've, and granted, yeah. you might, from the outside, as a not regular player, look at Call of Duty and say, oh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. I've got to figure out how to kit out my gun and what sort of extras I'm going to use and which call-ins I'm going to have. But to the to the player who's gotten familiar with those things, that is a millisecond worth of prep before they hop into the match and are playing. I like so, how, I like it's how it is. interesting. You're right. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I like how it educates you on every weapon too. Like it gives you like the pros and cons of everything for like each class. Like all each class has about five weapons, except for the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer is basically just the asshole with a rocket launcher. <laughs> and and uh, but it, I I I do really like how the weapons handle. I don't know if I like so much that you can pretty much snipe people with a shotgun if you wanted to. But, yeah, I'm not down with that. But but there but it is interesting that the case they were making because I it what it reminded me a lot of was. Why do I want to make the jump from Counter-Strike Source to something like Counter-Strike uh, Global Offensive? Like, do we really need to kind of, com- like, you know, complicate that formula? I'll say this. Popcorn shooter, you know, visual presentation is a big part of it. How did the game look to you? Uh, game look, game. Uh, what looked- would you compare it to? Counter-Strike Source. Absolutely. Just, just, All it, the way. It, it, so it, it, ha- it really did have, like, that old school feel to it. And it, it, it didn't worry about, like, complex, like, physics or weather effects or anything like that. It was just, here's a map. Looks great. And but that's what I'm saying. Visually, does it look like a competitor of current? Gen- I mean, this is one of the things that I think we, all, we we look at any shooter. I mean, I think this is one of the things that is potentially the Achilles heel for Call of Duty Ghosts is Call of Duty Ghosts is going to have to stand up to Battlefield 4. And you know what? It, it doesn't do it that well. And and I think that it's, it's not a knock on Infinity Ward and, and the other studios at Activision that have contributed to this game. It's that 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 engine has run its course and mm. and that, you know, and has been, you know, gone from being where it was the, you know, the tour de force for presentation to where it's now been surpassed. And in recoil, yeah, if you look at uh, Battlefield Four on the 360, it's a far cry from Battlefield Four on the PC or the well, or the next gen. And same was true of Three too. Sure, yeah. three sure, sure, phenomenal. sure. No. I, I think Recoil is an intentional throwback, just because they want they. But you not, can do intentional throwback and have clever art and make it look really good. It does look really good, and I think part of the reason that they're simplifying it is because they want the full mod support as well. They they're a community of modders that that used to model games and they want that same treatment for their game. They want people to come in and just like create really cool maps, come up with ideas that they never would have thought of. So uh, how are they going to distribute this thing? Have they talked about that? Uh, Steam in 360. All right. So it'll be easy to get a hold of. Recoil will be out uh, next month. And you're going to, are you going to have some coverage on the uh, shack for that stuff? It uh, should be up by the time you're hearing this. It should be up on the site. And they also said that they're going to have a closed beta ready to go by next week's uh, New York Comic Con. How are, are they going to handle excess? Did they say anything about that? I uh, did not say anything. Oh, bastards. It'll be a pre-order the game and get into the beta. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, we are going to take one last break before we uh, get on to the final segment. What are we going to talk about there? Well, I don't know. We might talk a little bit. Oh, Jeff about saw it. some Path of Exile. Yeah. Some Path of Exile. Some Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter, which was uh, Mighty Number no. Impressive. Well over $3 million. $3 million. Yes. A lot of uh, Mega Mans. There's a lot yeah. of Mega Mans. Stick around, folks. We will be right back.
Jeff Mattis, what have you wrought on us? <laughs> Man, that classic rock station in GTA is awesome. Little Hall and Oats for you there by request from Jeff Mattis in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> that opening just sounds like Falco. It sounds like uh, Amadeus. Hey, Hall and Oats have like literally dozens of songs on the Billboard Top 50 or Top 100. Uh, this one going out to Jeff's girl he just got engaged with. That's anyway, right. yeah. stopping. That's enough of that. Uh, by the way, if you're looking <laughs> for something you, Casey else. Kasem. If you're looking for something else to do uh, online this weekend, you could always hop into the Battlefield 4 open beta. That could be fun. Yeah. So, you know, like you get to shoot things anyway, but there'll just be soldiers instead. And buildings. And buildings and to topple. Buildings. Yes. Yeah. How, how close are you? I feel like now that we're in October, we're finally like we're at October. the we're at the precipice. We are right there. We are. It's all about to happen. New consoles, more games. And yet oh, we still man. have Grand Theft Auto. Well, you what? got the, you got that last week. You got that last week in October where it's uh it's Battlefield, Assassin's Creed, Batman, and Sonic. Like all, all like in one week. So. What are you guys most excited for this fall? What am I most excited for? This is it fall? hardware? Is it a game? I, the hardware is really exciting because that comes, you know, once in a six years. Very excited yeah. about the hardware. Although that new trailer for a Super Mario 3D World got me really excited for it. I, it's so much. It's so much more than it, they showed at E3. I taped. Uh, I, this question came up yesterday because I taped a, an episode of, or like the four episode sweep of bonus round, and mm. we got to that question. I was like, "Wow, you know what? Actually, it's weird. I'm excited about. A, I'm excited about a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm yeah. still excited about Grand Theft, which I'm totally digging. Yeah, I have like this. Well, I'll let you guys answer because people will hear mine. You guys answer. What like? What are you, Jeff Kanata? What are you excited for? I'm definitely excited for the new consoles. Which um, one? Both of them. I'm both of them? Both okay. of them. Uh, I'm excited for like all the all the fun downloadable stuff that's going to be on those consoles. Uh, just playing with new hardware is really fun, and it's so it comes around so. Why do we like that so much? I'm just a I just a techie guy. I know I am like, but uh, I can't put my it finger on why it is. Fun. Like Pactor's like, what do you what like what what gets you so excited? But I'm I'm like I don't know. I just I just want to like take that that thing out of the box. Yeah, and put man. it in my entertainment center and. Mm-hmm. And caress just, it. Just play around with just it. Just hooking up the bit. HDMI yes. to the back. It's fun. <laughs> um, what am I? What, what game am I forgetting? That's uh, that's Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Yeah, that's yeah. mine. Like, oh, so yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, of all of that stuff, I was like, it's holy so, crap! It's I'm so, so easy to forget where I'm on the way. Tweaked for like that. That's like yeah. we're like we're already talking about game of the year for like GTA and Last of Us. We completely forgot about Watch Dogs. Well, I haven't forgot month. about it. I'm super hyped for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Watch Watch Dogs is definitely on my list. Uh, I am also legitimately excited for another Batman and for the new uh, for Black Flag. I feel like Batman of all these games, Batman is the one that's sort of quietly in the background, like either waiting, I, I don't know, I don't know either waiting to fall in its face or, or waiting to jump out at us. Yeah, yeah, that's why. I mean, I I, I know the least about. That it's only a couple of three weeks. I mean, it's only a couple yeah. of weeks away. We've heard Andrew come on the show a couple of times to say that he wasn't that thrilled about it, like, that it wasn't looking too great, uh, but not not the same kind of buzz that Arkham City had. Well, I mean, what about Forza for you. Oh, I'm super. You know, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Forza, but I think it's because I've played so many racing games, and because I have such a level of expectation. I know what I'm getting with it, right? right. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get this awesome game. I, I mean, I'm very excited to try out things like the. Uh, Xbox One controller mm-hmm. with Forza mm-hmm. because it, you know the force feedback and the triggers they've tailored that to fit the uh, one of the things I've always thought about car racing games is how hard it is to tell what sort of grip your tires are developing 
right? Especially when you're trying to corner, especially when you're trying to break. Well, the, the force feedback in the triggers, they're using to communicate how much grip you have with your tires. So if you've, if you've driven a car before, you know you can feel, especially through the brake pedal, when your tires are starting to cut loose, how much the anti-locks are pulsing. They're going to put all that into the triggers. That could be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Can, can I can I just say also on a related note, if you haven't enabled rumble on GTA 5, do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Because it is sublime. Like the the different, cert, I mean, like what you're yeah. talking about. Not, you get all not the same as the triggers, but you do get the, I'm off-road, I'm driving over a metal surface. Anyway, really cool. But I mean, the same thing with Forza is, you know, I'm still torn because stupid blind faith, I think Gran Turismo 6 will be pretty awesome too. And, you know, I know I'll get pulled into that. So it's another car thing. It was Watch Dogs. I'm really hopeful that while it'll be a, you know, a third person action adventure game, and I'm sure that there'll be, you know, classic sorts of game mechanics in it, that it'll be you know, enough cyber world stuff in it that it'll give me something that's new, that it'll give me, you know, a new injection of either fiction or a character or ways to play in the game that'll be, that'll be, you know, new and next and and exciting. And maybe it can give me some of, you know, remember me, which I loved remember me despite it not being the greatest game in the world because it was fresh and had like, you know, this artistic panache to it. And I don't know. I just get excited about things. I'm excited for yeah. Tearaway. I mean, I hardly play my Vita, yeah. but I love Media Molecule that looks stuff. That's awesome. And I think that I think that's another thing that's kind of interesting is here we are coming into these two new console launches. It's hard to you know you, I kind of see I kind of see them like this. You've got you've got each of them have like their tier one title, and then they have like a tier two title behind it. And I think that with Xbox One, Forza Five is that tier one title. And then after Andrew's talk last week, I think that I mean I was thinking of Dead Rising Three as their tier two, but it seems like that's actually moved up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And and clearly Killzone is mm-hmm. the is the you know the front leading flagship for them. And then I just I don't know what to expect out of Knack. I'm really I feel like Knack is going to surprise a lot of people. I hope so. I really hope so. So I think I think another one that for the current gen that I'm really excited about, but also a little worried, is a South Park Stick of Truth. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, December that's now. I'm so, yeah, I'm so that's excited. But one. is anyone else worried about it quietly getting slotted into December? Nope, dude. Really? I, nope. I does anybody else think that the new season opener is was created with that game? I will Have tell you. you the new season I will opener? tell you what I've heard it, about South Park. I've heard that South Park has had a incredibly challenging. Uh, development process yes by virtue of the fact that matt and trey are taking such a close role in the game and that is awesome the problem is matt and trey know how to write for a show and writing for a show is not the same as writing for a game and that you know of course you give your developer fits when you're changing things and making the adjustments and tweaks they want to make because then the game is still like the game's still being built and has to move and all these moving parts have to move Not around. Not to mention that. about how they actually work on the show. Do you guys ever see that documentary oh, yeah. Six, Six Days, Days to, to Air? Air? It's fantastic. Holy crap, how do they make a show that fast? I mean it's insane. it's out of control. You can already see some of that in the game too, because the game as it looks now doesn't look anything like the original reveal trailer. Right. Like, and so imagine now you're the developer. How much freaking hair must you have turned oh they'll probably never work with them again but i'm still excited to see it so i know that's my number one that's my number one really yeah that real legitimate number one yeah that's awesome that's i am so excited for that game and i'm excited to have a game in december like how many years like the last three or four years it seemed like well we had everybody like did everything before thanksgiving and then you get to december it's like well it's all out but I don't what? want to wait till Christmas. Well, we Did had you see? A Star Wars: right. The Old Republic last year. That's true. No, that wasn't last year. It was two years ago. Was it two years what, ago? Year, right? two years two ago? Years wow, time ago. flies, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, did you anybody happen to see the actual episode of South Park this week? No, no, no. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, it was so funny. The uh, <laughs> they uh, talking about 
parental controls on their on their TV. The kids come up with a parental control for their parents, and so the the unlock question is how do you, how do you mount a horse in in Minecraft? So all the parents are running around going, "What is this Minecraft thing? And how do you do anything in it?" And so and then there's like a little kid who agrees he'll train all the parents in <laughs> nice. Minecraft. It, it's so great because the premise of the episode is basically the GTA violence thing turned on its head. It's b- brilliant. Like yeah. like now it's the kids trying to protect their parents because they think their parents are are doing are acting out yeah brilliant jeff mattis you gonna chime in on like what's got you stoked well yeah i mean i i think i'm i mean black flag watchdogs both are are very exciting i'm still excited for another batman to be perfectly honest um um you know i i think the console stuff i'm super excited about but i'm sort of not pot committed yet so um I, I don't want. I don't want to go without also mentioning a Legend of Zelda on 3DS. That looks really exciting. And the, fair enough, Andrew. It, 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 Andrew just came back. Andrew and every other member of the press who went to saw it this last week was like, "Oh my god!" I also think that whole thing about like renting dungeon weapons, to, like try and take the later dungeons on, is really interesting. In that, it's it it gives you an added challenge because it's not just so much that you can go, "Oh, we can just sprint straight ahead to the last dungeon." And it's like, okay, good luck trying to finish that last dungeon on three hearts. Mm. Be my guest. It's a it's a bummer that uh, Donkey Kong got delayed though. Yeah, it is. And it yeah. makes sense though. Like it's it would easily get drowned out by like Mario and Zelda because it comes out. It would it would have come out like two weeks later. So speaking of enthusiasm, how about the massive outpouring of enthusiasm for Mighty Number no. Nine? Mm. Uh, folks yeah. if you're unfamiliar with I, I, everyone who listens to this podcast i'm pretty sure has heard of mighty number no. nine this is the kickstarter project uh by, led by inafune and our friends over at eight four who uh, did all of the promotional and, and support work for it just completed uh and basically the game to just to give you the quick uh, back of the box sort of pitches that you play is beck he's the ninth in a line of powerful robots and the only one who's not infected by a mysterious computer virus that's caused mechanized creatures all over the world to go berserk and so you run and jump and blast and transform through nice. these stages so, hello it's like maximum overkill the game <laughs> <laughs> or or a really cool mega man it looks and they you know they just finally so i guess there has been some People who it, are like, what's, what's it going to look like? Well, they just did a they did a quick previs video in Unreal Engine that just by just alone was like, oh, that looks really cool. Like, mm-hmm. It's like 15 seconds of their character running through a very sparse, but, you know, sort of. Although one thing I did, did think it looks a little bit like Shadow Complex, but I think that's the Unreal Engine effect sort of happening there. Are you guys excited for Mighty oh, Number yeah, 9? Very much so. Oh, yeah. I, I do find it a funny coincidence that Number 9, not the only one not infected by a mysterious computer virus. I'm like, this is the plot for Mega Man 9 huh go figure that yeah Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. i wonder why that would this is like this this game is the most amazing middle finger to capcom of all times (laughs) it's like really people don't want you 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 don't want to do Mega. all right fine you know what i i kind of want it there might be some demand for a mega man but we'll go see yeah Yeah. perhaps the biggest middle finger since the double fine thing like hey you don't like adventure games you don't want to publish adventure games all right right, fine yeah well by the way we can do it yeah yeah, it is interesting. It is an interesting send off of a uh, send up of of publishers being uh, just oblivious sometimes to what's in front of them, or or not willing to look beyond just the. Actually, you know, Star Citizen would fall into that category too. Star Citizen's <laughs> absurd. Like, the amount of money that's yeah. ended that creation yeah. now is just mind boggling. And yeah. by the way, I, I think it's it's reasonable to be cautious when you look at Mighty Number no. Nine. I suspect, given. And this is not a knock against them. I suspect that they're going to have to find some more money. I don't think oh, that I don't yeah. think that you're going to get everything that they've promised now in a year of development time for three and a half million dollars. 
or, or even for $4 million. It's just, it's not reasonable to expect well, that they're going to have a PC digital version, a 360 version, right. a PS3 version, an Xbox One version, a PS4 version, and a Vita version all done under that development Just cost. make one version and throw it in the porting machine. It, well, right. That's why, yeah. that's why, you know, it, it may very well be a middle finger to Capcom, but I think Capcom is like, yeah, if we thought we could make it for $3 million, we would have done it. Maybe. Yeah. But what's proven is that there's enough demand to warrant making the game. And they'll make the game, and they'll, and they'll take this amount of support out and easily be able to find funding, for the, find the gap funding. Yep. And with the gap funding, they'll produce a fantastic-looking game, mm-hmm. hopefully, and, and be able to sell it. And, and the people who did stand by and say, you know what, I'm going to wait – well, they'll then they'll be able to buy the game, and it works out. And so what happens? Yeah, is except that, that you know it's 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 rough because so. that you know that Neil Stevenson game uh, what was that called um, the the fencing game that joust was it called joust? Uh, I, I know it's I know like, what you're talking about. It's, it's striker. It was a f- one word like that. But yeah. Anyway, um, stab. I don't know stab. But yeah, I mean, it, it failed. It well, yeah, I mean that was that was their plan too, or at least it became their plan, which is you know we'll we'll get you know gap funding and. It's a, it's a bummer when these quote unquote successful Kickstarters, you know, wah, clang, wah. clang yeah. is clang. Yeah, I know oh, it's yeah. a one word clang. Uh, anyway, uh, let me talk about uh, Path of Exile. Be my guest because another uh, game that's been in beta forever and anon. And I, it's I, coming I out of game. beta. I talked about this game six months ago. Remember? Well, they had a very successful long running open beta, uh, and again, this is another free to play game. It, it, New Zealand developers that they just rolled through LA and I went to an event that they had showing off uh, a lot of the stuff that's going to be in the re- the full release 1.0 coming out of beta October, thing that's October 23rd I 23rd I yes exactly and um, uh, it's really cool I mean it's you know how much I love Diablo type games until you told me that they're basically cookie clicker um, <laughs> dude I was just trolling you get no, over it no it's you've ruined <laughs> everything forever. in life is basically cookie clicker <laughs> you're just a series of cookie clicker derivations that's right um, you are totally silly anyway this game looks a heck of a lot better since the last time I saw it purely visually they've had a massive upgrade in uh, I thought it looked pretty good when I was playing it, it. looked great it looks even better now it, it's awesome and it's very much the spiritual successor I think to Diablo 2 it's, it's as if Diablo 3 was you know came you know, derived directly from Diablo 2. It's its own thing, but it's it's very much um reminiscent of that. It no, did look no, a lot more polished since the last time I saw it. Oh, you, were you at the event I, as well? I, I was also at the event briefly. Oh man, it it uh no I was so excited. Some of the stuff they they have going on in that game is so clever and so interesting. Uh they showed the um one of the big things is a new class, the Scion, but it's a uh it's a prestige class. And the cool thing about it is that you can't just select that class from from the beginning. You have to discover the scion who's in a cage in one of the later dungeons oh, cool. in order to make it a playable class. Yeah, it's mostly like after the end game scenario or somewhere around that point, right? Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that that class actually has some really awesome abilities. One of which low got, gas mileage. Yes, the scion. <laughs> yeah, you're familiar with it. Um, the uh, one of the coolest things I've seen in a Diablo style game ever. It's a brilliant idea. She has this spell called animate object. Oh yes. I remember this now. And you know, Diablo games are all about loot, loot exploding from everywhere, laying on the floor. Most of the time it's a bunch of junk you don't want. You can literally use that spell on any object on the ground and it will come to life and fight by your side as you're, you know, as your pet. Yeah, you basically just have like a suit of armor that you don't want anymore. You just discard it and use the spell on it and it'll fight by your side. It's really and cool. And it, it works on any object in the world. So let's say this awesome epic level 
thing falls and you don't want it, but it's epic level and it's awesome. You can have it be your little sidekick. And let's say, you know, animate a suit of plate mail and it starts walking around and then you can animate a, a giant ax and the giant ax attaches to the plate mail and you can like a cobble together a little dude. Oh, that's really out cool. Out of objects. Okay. It's rad. What's the most like worthless thing you can animate though i think any like a little cap there's you know? like there's a marshmallow <laughs> yeah fight for me a marshmallow yeah yeah exactly it's very sticky. i want s'mores of that oh, uh, uh, and i think well, the last time i talked about this game which was uh, probably over a year ago i talked about the crazy constellation of um skill tree and it is a when they open up the skill tree it is a wild unbelievable arguably almost too much yeah almost too much sev- but it's several screens wide like it's huge and massive and there's just pips upon pips upon pips that you can put points into uh but it, you you can actually get from any point to any other point provided you have enough skill points so y- you can have true multi-class you can have a just a wild level of customizability and each of the classes starts at one of the edges of this constellation and you can work inward and work crosswise and try to get over to another class and get some skills from it yeah and the science starts to cry towards the center right exactly that's where i was headed with that yeah mm-hmm. it starts in the center uh so it, it really is this like amalgamation of all the like highest level skills of all the classes which is pretty, pretty cool. awesome yeah uh, the other cool thing that they showed that I was really impressed with was this socketing system that is being introduced in in the 1.0 that allows uh, you to really create some basic if-then statements with socketed items. So there'll be sockets that are connected with like a circuit board kind of situation. So you can place a gem that, for example, will proc on damage taken. Okay. And then link that to a spell like Frost Nova or something. So it's, if you take a certain amount of damage, it shoots off Frost Nova. So it's like, if this happens, that happens, That's right? Cool. And yeah. you can create long series of these. And one of the things that they showed me uh, with this tank character was he has a low-level gem that procs at, at a small amount of damage taken. And then a spell that's associated with that that generates this energy resource that that class can use and then a higher level gem that procs at a higher amount of damage but also uses the energy resource that that other spell generates so you have this program this basically this macro that you've written inside your socketing system on your item so that you can stand there and take damage and it'll be like damage damage proc damage damage proc damage damage See, that's, proc that's and then smart. you get to a high level of damage and then it procs the big spell that uses up the, that's the pretty uh, awesome. energy that you've generated that's pretty awesome. really clever yeah. really unique i've never seen it before in any other game uh and the game looks great it's that diablo style thing and it is free to play but all their free to play stuff is um is cosmetic only and some of the coolest things that he was talking about that they uh are selling are People, they're literally teaming up. It's kind of what Dayak was talking about when he was on our show. They're literally teaming up with people to create items. You pay a high, like it's like fifteen hundred bucks or something, and you can create a an item that's in the game. And they're going back and forth with people, and like you know, they're signing off on the art that you know the two D art and the three D art for that item. Wow. Uh, and they've even talked about letting people design monsters that are be in the game. So that's kind of cool. That's I think that's a cool way of giving people oh, absolutely. value for absolutely. their money. And I still love the bartering system more than anything else. Just relying on trades, not relying on gold at all. Right. Like just being able to just trade stuff. I always I always like that aspect of Path of Exile. 
And they may well be the only ones to uh, get that system out there, Jeff, because you saw that Dyak's dream yes. it, it oh. died this week. The di- mm. It didn't die. It went on indefinite hold. I just don't understand how they didn't see that coming. When you cancel your Kickstarter and then expect all those people to re-put their money, it just... That's not going to happen. I have no That's idea. why don't don't. I mean, normally that happens in tandem, right? Somebody like starts a Kickstarter and then gets to the point where they're like, you know, what? we should have a PayPal page for people that don't want to use Kickstarter, right. or when right. the Kickstarter expires, and then we take all the money. And I don't. Know. By the way, if you're wondering, we're talking about Shadows of the Eternals, which was the attempt to make a Eternal Darkness sequel by Precursor Games, has been officially put on hold, and that team has disbanded itself. And they said they may come back together sometime should the time be right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that, and, and although many cynical folks have said this already, I don't know how, maybe it's not cynical. Uh, many folks have said this, and, it, and it's probably not too far from the mark, mark, is that having Dennis attached to a project at this point is still probably too toxic to be successful. You know? Yeah. And and the rest of the team that had made Eternal Darkness has gone hither, thither, and yon as well. It's just, as much as we emotionally would like that to happen, it's probably yeah. not that I- likely. My my two cents is that it uh, it's it it was more about mismanaging the like canceling the thing midstream and relaunching all that stuff confuses the market. Well, and especially when you're already like people are already cautiously you know yeah. they're like hey the, the mm, I don't know like you guys it sounds pretty awesome but I remember that last time yeah yeah you exactly. know like, yeah all right so how about we move on to finishing moves. Finishing moves. And we are breathing a huge sigh of relief after uh, the fantastic engineering talents of Jamie in the booth was able to recover from a Pro Tools crash and save the show. Yay! Professionals rock. Uh, Okay, so finishing moves. Uh, Who would like to start? I feel like I've started. Oh, Ozzy wants to start. Ozzy, take it away. That's just because you want to make sure and steal IndieK before Jeff (laughs) (laughs) passes. It's mine. I've got it. You know, it's so funny because three years ago when I was just a lowly intern at uh, Gamefly, uh, one of the first things that I was asked to assign, I I was asked to cover for Shaq was IndieKate. And I did it right alongside Jeff Mattis. And it's amazing to see how much bigger the event has gotten. Let me just uh, share a little email I got earlier today. Uh, On top of the 36 finalists, which already is a huge number in itself, there's going to be 77 more games at IndieKate. Eight PS4 titles and a bunch of Oculus Rift games, all playable. That's insane. So if you're in the Culver City area, it's about twenty bucks for a wristband. Go check it out. They're they're they've added a whole lot to like the Saturday uh, night games area. The uh, they putting an esports they're putting an esports tent as well. Like it's it's so much fun to check out. So go take a look. Indiecade this weekend in Los Angeles in Culver City. Yes, I mean obviously I will second. Jeff um, Mattis, yeah. sec- second finishing, like yeah. follow up finishing move. <laughs> yes, I will second that. Indicate is awesome. It's getting getting bigger every year, uh, and that's ridiculous. That number of games. I mean, yeah. in a good way. And I can't wait to check out Oculus Rift. Yeah. I, I still haven't done it yet. I, I remember the line at E3 on that third day when I'm just like, yeah, I think I'll finally check it. No, no, I won't check it out today. <laughs> um, so I guess I guess the only other thing I will say is uh, yes, not being able to get into Grand Theft Auto Online is frustrating, but uh, based on the five or six hours that I've been able to put in so far, it may end up being worth the wait. So uh, keep plugging away, keep uh, retrying those server denials, and uh, hopefully Rockstar will get everybody in there soon. Jeff Kanata? I, um, I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks, guys. 
appreciate it. That's pretty generous of you. Yeah. I'll take your time then because I've got I've got multiple ones. I have two now. So Great. I, I have a second one because I just got a message from a friend and friend of the show, Mitch Gittleman. You remember Mitch, of course, from back in the Shadowrun days, now over at Hairbrain Schemes. They have and those of you who like get upset about Kickstarters, you can tune out for a minute because it's a Kickstarter. They have another game that they would like to get funded that is an interesting and clever take that I think Jeff Kanata will be especially interested Ooh, by. It's like called it's called Gollum Arcana, and the idea is that it is a tabletop figurine like board game and a interface for interacting with it through a crazy stylus that ties everything back to your tablets so that all of the game management and rule systems and all of the bits and bobbles and pieces that make the game work Hmm. are all done digitally through the stylus, but you still have your figures and you still have the board game of way interacting with the game. So it's like a hybrid digital interaction Figures board game. Wow, and it looks. What, what's it, it called? It's called Gollum. You're all right. Sorry. It's, it's called. A, it's called Gollum Arcana, and they are they are looking to fund it to the tune of uh, half a million, and they're at like three hundred thousand now. They've got another week to go. So, That's I mean, a precious amount. I'll have to check yeah. it out. And it, it looks very cool. I mean, the 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 the, the stylus, this little tabletop stylus thing that they've come up with is. Is kind of crazy looking. It looks like it looks like a like prototype for you know the Doctor's screwdriver. It's like a sonic screwdriver prototype or something. <laughs> and and these are like the Shadowrun Returns guys, or yeah, yeah it's Hairbrain Schemes. Nice. Yeah, so Hairbrain Schemes, and and so it's got like this info. It like it has like a micro dot camera, and it uses Bluetooth, and it's got like a touch screen and scan. It's like all kinds of crazy shit. But I like the idea. The idea is pretty cool. Take this idea of like, hey, you walk by, you walk by gaming workshop and you see these folks playing like this crazy miniatures game on the table and you're like oh my god that looks cool but i would never be able to figure out how to do all of that mm. and then they take it and bit, then turn it into like a really cool digital interface and a way of interacting with it but you still have the you still have the you know in your hands like playing on the tabletop sort of hmm. game so it sounds strikes me as something you would be very into. yeah it sounds cool Sh- shack news crowd will love it too because they loved the hell out of shadow when Run- returns and uh if you're if you're listening, hey G Deck, maybe you can get early access to this one too, you jerk. <laughs> well, I mean, this sounds like there's a lot more to this. I mean, they have to actually they have to make stuff, right? Like they but it's gonna have dice. Dice and a stylus. Nice. And tablet apps and table it's like it's anything it's like with a, minis does very well on kickstarter anything it's like minis. a it's like a hurricane of all these pieces of of board gaming and gaming goodness in general. That sounds awesome. I would love for it to be awesome. And my other one is Damn you, nimble bits and your pocket addictions. Pocket trains is <sighs> pocket crack. They might as well just make the next one called pocket. Seriously, crack. like like Tiny Tower was okay, and I was like, okay, Tiny Tower is kind of cool. But then Pocket Planes was mm-hmm. just like you know massive. I mean, and I am super drawn in. So Pocket Trains, next one in their series. If you played Pocket Planes, you know what it's all about. But what I think has really gotten me is that is that each of these games adds a little more ripple to the strategy of how you play them. And in this case, the train-based game is a is a is a long-term strategy game because as you're building out your trains and your train lines, a train can only a, a piece of track can only be owned by a train. So you have to be thinking out how you're going to interlace all of your connecting routes and be able to deliver things from city to city efficiently and effectively so that you can bring, you know, cars that are heading from Paris to Budapest into Munich and trade them off to another train and be able to make these connections. And 
once you get that sort of humming, it it's really like it, the pocket trains thing is simple, but then it does actually start to feel like, oh, I'm moving all these cards around and keeping them here in the train yard. I'm moving these. I got Can you accidentally crash your trains? No. Oh, well, that's good. You cannot accidentally crash your That's trains. good. It's though. not that sophisticated. Okay. It's not that sophisticated. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week. Uh, I've got Diablo 3 console in the uh, in the queue, or not in the queue, in the mail to me now from Gamefly. Mm. So I know you guys have been hopeful to uh, hear some about that. I'm looking forward to playing some of that. Rain came out this week on PS3. I, I, I think I'm going to buy that and check it out, too. I was very interested in that. It looks like one of those creative art games that I'd really be into. You got any good gaming plans? When does Beyond Two Souls come out? Is soon? It uh, should be next week, I believe. Oh, we yeah. actually just got the review copy in the office not too long ago. Well, all right. In fact, I believe Andrew may be playing it right now he as is. we speak. He is playing it right now as we speak, and he'll probably, uh, if he can, he'll have him join us next week, or I'll get my hand, hot little hands on that as uh, quickly as possible. So, game. fun things to come, but for that's, uh, that's it for this week. If you're not sticking around for the tailgate, where we'll be talking about football, which is after the end of the show, so you can turn it off now if you don't want to listen to it. Uh, that's your weekend confirmed, and we are Ghost.
This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. All right, folks, it's football time! Uh, yeah, so uh, last week, as I hinted to at the very beginning of the show, Jeff and I faced off. Hey. Uh, you know what? Look, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> that was not big a deal. I, I might have I won. <laughs> you won. I, mean, I, did actually, a t- I had a terrible, terrible week of uh, fantasy production, but, you know, that's all right. That was actually a very weird game because I don't actually have the best team in there. Like, I have Mike Wallace in the game there. He got, gave From me 60 all minutes? Of, <laughs> two, 2.4 points. You know what's funny? You know what carried me? Because I never, I never swear by this because I just stream them. Was my, uh, was my fighting Tennessee Titan defense. Yeah. Racked up 23 points. And and hey. and Kembrill came out of nowhere, Tompkins. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We got we got more matchups coming. I would I would give this uh, props to the weekend confirmed leagues. Both of them quite competitive right now. Yeah, uh, I, we uh, we have really good games going on in there. Good managing going on. Pretty happy to see that. And we have some pickums going on. So let's see. Uh, last week we had another push, thanks to that crazy. Th- th- thanks, Matt Schaub. That Seattle comeback. Yeah, like yeah, you guys are right. I am not giving. I have not given Seattle the respect I, it deserves. Obviously, I don't even I, know what to say. At this I was point. actually in that shack thread for last Sunday, and I called the Shab interception before it happened. I was. I couldn't believe it. So, Osman, you were the uh, you were the top of the heap amongst us last week at two zero and one. The rest of us were all in there at one one and one, which means that uh, you and I are tied, sitting atop we are the tied. sitting atop the uh, group at eight three and one, and we got Rich right behind us at uh, seven three and two. Rich has been storming in because he he did a three zero and one on his on his uh, work last week. So way to go! The uh, of course the tailgate brought to you by the Press Row Podcast, which is uh, brought to them by Operation Sports, best sports podcast for video gamers on the net. Has everybody from Kotaku Joystick. And I forget all the other sources in there. But if you want to talk about, if you want to hear talk about sports video games, it is the Press Row podcast that you should be listening to. Especially now that uh, NBA 2K just came out this week, which looks gorgeous, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Visual Concepts doesn't get the whatever whoever is left there doesn't get the credit they deserve. Well, I guess they do get the credit. Yeah, they every every year they make an outstanding. It's just so. sort of become a regular, right? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I actually uh, saw some of the folks uh, playing it in the break room today at GameFly, and I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's another, it's Looking another, good. another shot uh, right through the heart. They they've nailed it. Uh, okay, so this week coming up, there's like some great games coming up. And no, I am not including the freaking Cowboys massacre. <laughs> like what like what's Peyton going to drop like 500 <laughs> yards and 20 touchdowns on them? Jesus, it's going to be he's misery. on you know he's on pace for like 64. Oh yeah, oh he's on he's on he's on the but, most absurd pace. But the Cowboys have typically played Peyton tough, which is kind of strange, dude. They. <sighs> Don't even get me started. Their their defensive secondary right now is the problem is is that they is that they're they're still in a weird transition period because both their corners are are man to man press covers and they went to this Lane Kiffin not Lane Kiffin might as well be Lane, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin. <laughs> pouring salt in that wound huh guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> er, anyway I I don't see them stopping him I don't see them stopping him too many weapons and. Yeah. He's going to be a machine up until December when the cold weather hits. And Miles Austin with his stupid hamstring out again, probably. So it means that I, f- I felt really bad, by the way, for the rookie Williams last week, you know, Cowboys receiver, finally trying to come back against the Chargers. And he's down there on the two. He thinks he's going to reach out for the goal line, doesn't realize where he is on the field and reaches out for the goal line when he's way too far away. <laughs> 
Oh, it was yeah. just I felt bad for him. And then our He's rookie a good guy. And then our rookie recovered the fumble and he started to run Almost out of bounds. Ran it We're out. Like, no! Yeah, that was a hell of a game. <laughs> All right. So this week's games, kicking off with New Orleans minus one in New Soldier facing the Chicago Bears. And New Orleans put a shellacking on uh Miami. On Miami. Yeah. Um, How good do you think Miami really is, though? I mean, that's. I thought they were pretty good. I still think they're pretty good. I in the first I, three weeks of the season, how do you think? How good did you think they were in preseason? Oh, I I picked them as one of my sleeper teams with Kansas City. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, in Chicago, I actually picked last week in my other thingy uh, because I thought they were uh, I thought they were playing well too, and they stunk up the joint. Yeah, but you're 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 always going to get a shit game out of Cutler at least once in a while. And this might have been it. Well, Forte well, might have been. Yeah, I mean, Forte has looked really good. Alshon's like making some money catches. This is going to be a very good game. I'm picking New Orleans. This, I think it's going to be a very good game. All right, so it's amazing the difference you're having gonna, their you're coach back. New Orleans and you're going to give the point. Yeah, interesting. interesting. And by the way, a number of different lines on this, but yeah. we always go with the fantasy nine one one line. So this was a fantasy nine one one line. Given the point. Ozzy, what do you think? This is so hard because I don't know if Cutler's going to have another crappy game because New Orleans defense is actually. A lot better than any of us gave it credit for. They are. Who knew, who knew Rob Ryan could restore it, you know? So, uh, uh, crap. I'm going to go New Orleans. New Orleans as well. Also with New Orleans. Yep. This is how not about, how I gain ground on you people. I know, right? <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I find it incredibly difficult to choose against the Chicago Bears at home. Yeah. Uh, I hear what you guys are saying. I think New Orleans has been on a heck of a run. Yeah, I'm yeah, going Chicago... to take, take the point. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take the point, and I'm going to take the Bears. Home dog. And and say the Bears are going to rise to the occasion and that they will be able to control the ball just enough to keep New Orleans scoring potential in check. They'll yeah. turn on Cutler fast if they fall behind early, though. If they if it goes wrong, it'll be it'll be all wrong. Yeah. It'll be all wrong. Uh, what do you guys think? So maybe is with the Saints as well, and Jamie is going to go with the Saints, right? Yeah. All right. So on I'm, an island, I'm on the Chicago <laughs> Bears points, island. This is how you get points. Uh, next one is a classic, classic matchup. We've got the Detroit Lions getting seven points going into Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay. Feels Packers. like it feels like Thanksgiving's here already. <laughs> it does, yeah. doesn't it? It really does feel like that. I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I will take the seven points and the Lions because I think that Stafford's having a hell of a season. Joyke Bell is, is is a great fill for Reggie Bush, and with Reggie Bush playing now, like last week, he didn't really show any signs of being dinged up. You know, his prior injury. I think the Lions have a ton of weapons. I think they're surprisingly decent at defense and can give the give the Packers a hard game. Certainly enough to keep them in the game. I actually think that I think the Lions could win this outright. But wow. I'll take, I'm taking the wow. Lions. All right. In Green Bay, huh? You think they can win? I'm out taking there? the Lions. It's well, early. The, the tundra's not, not cold frozen yet. yet. It's not cold so, yet. Yeah. Ozzy? Well, I don't know if it's going to be outright, but uh, I I do like Detroit's defense a lot more, and I do like them against like the depleted offensive line of the Packers. So I'm going to go Detroit, and I'm going to take the points. Well, that seals it. I'm going Green Bay to try to pick up some games on you guys. Pick up some ground? Yeah. Pick up some ground? Yeah. All right. Uh, Lacey should be back. So, I mean, this, this is going to be a great game. This will be a great, it's a big rivalry. It'll be a very good game. Yeah. I'm, Jeff Madison. I'm going Green Bay just because you know Lambeau's a hard place to go visit. And all right, and so Lambeau. two and two split here. What do you guys uh, think there in the booth, Dave? Maybe where are you going with this one? Dave, Dave was going Green Bay, but now he wants to go after the people. <laughs> so of course, now he has he, to go Detroit. I love how he reverses course just to pick up ground. He uh, he picked the game 
as as a swipe at us. Yeah. Really, that's really all it was. He's after the Jeffs. <laughs> yep. It's like, hey, Jeffs, screw you guys. Languishing down here at the bottom of the list. Uh, Jamie, representing for, for the Atlantis group, is uh, going. She's going with the Lions. So, all right. Then the third game we're picking this week is 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 a question of commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pick against my boys. Yeah. No, I didn't think you were going to pick against your boys. The question is, does anyone think that the Texans have gas in the can or are they done? It's the Houston Texans plus six going into Candlestick to face the 49ers. I think both teams have a lot to prove this uh They do. Oh, Sunday. yeah. Both teams so, have a lot to prove. I mean, I'm not going against the Niners. Yeah. It's, well, the Jets are united, of, yeah, the united front to, uh, in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not happy that I have to give up six. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's at home, so. Because know. it doesn't seem like we've been able to score very well. The question is, does anyone think that Schaub is going to gut up and come in and play a hell of a game? I mean, there's a lot of pride on that. <laughs> Dave just put his si- hand up. <laughs> Silence. Dave, are you going? Are you going Houston? Dave is oh. maybe is going Houston. Maybe is going Houston. What about Jamie? What do you is. think? Ah, uh, he just did, took another swipe at me, saying that the crowd won't be too loud. Jamie's taking Houston too. Ozzy so can't complain about. Oh the crowd my god. Noise. Okay. See, here's the thing. Even even if Shab fucked up with that uh, last pick last week, they only lost by three. So it's it, it wasn't a disaster. But the thing that I'm thinking about is all the Sunday night games so far have been blowouts. Like. Even week one, which kind of came down to the wire, that's only because the Giants caught up at the last half. So someone's going to blow someone out here, and I think it's going to be the Niners. That six is a sucker bet. That six is a sucker know, line. Right? That that six is a line to draw money in, to yeah. draw, come to us, give us your money. This is a San mm-hmm. Francisco clean kill. Hmm. Uh, so I'm, ta- I'm taking the Niners. God, I hope you're right. I hope <laughs> you're right, the too. Niners. Uh, I, I will be at the game next week, the Cardinal game, and, and Candlestick, I'm going oh. uh, to pay my respects at, at the stadium one last time, uh, so I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah. nice. Congratulations. That'll be an awesome game. Yeah, thanks. You know, I'm going with Foob, Foobar. No way. Yeah. He's Damn, got season tickets. He's that's gonna, tight. Yeah. All right, Dave, hold your thought on your catch-up, because right now we're going to let Rich hop in, Rich from the Press Row podcast, to give us his picks this week. Well, thank you, Garnet. Yes, I cannot believe it. I actually went 3-0 and again last week with a push. It's ridiculous. If I was smart, I would go to Vegas. Up first, you have got the New Orleans Saints, a one-point favorite heading to Chicago. I like the Saints in this one. Up next, you have got the Lions, a seven-point underdog heading into Lambeau Field. I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. Then you've got the Houston Texans getting Houston Texans getting six points at Jeff Kanata's San Francisco 49ers. I'm going with the Niners. And lastly, in my main makeup game, you gave me my terrible Philadelphia Eagles getting two-and-a-half points at the as-terrible New York Giants. I'm going to go with the Eagles just because I kind of have to. There's really kind of a no-win situation. But the world, what the world is really excited about, Garnet, is you and me matching up in week one of the four-string Madden League. I'm excited and looking forward to a good game. So thank you, Garnet. We love the Weekend Confirmed podcast here at the Press Row Podcast, brought to you by Operation Sports. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. All right, Rich, congrats, by the way, on that uh, roll you're on now. Had a little bit of a rough start, but he has been knocking them down since then. And Dave... Don't worry. I've got one for you here. I've got the first of Dave's uh, I was away getting married thing. Makeup, makeup <laughs> thing. Picks. Whatever that is. Oh, yeah. have, have fun with this one, Dave. You get, you get Philly at the New York Giants. Pick your poison. One of them has to win the game. How so, does Philly get points in this? Because the Giants... Well, oh, well because, well, because yeah, typically, exactly. the yeah. Giants typically home team gets 
you know, a buffer of three. Yeah, this but is this so much. This it's is only two and a half. So these guys are going to get booed. So you get the eagle. You can you go with the Eagles plus two and a half, who haven't looked like they could stop anybody against the Giants, who can't, who are at ball. home and and Ooh. haven't looked like they had a clue since. <laughs> this is won. a nice makeup well, pick. You can yeah. also Here. you can also pick whether or not yeah. there, will, there will be more sacks or interceptions by by the Giants. <laughs> See, Which, that's a bet. <laughs> He's that, going. That entire division is an abomination. That you know what I I will I can't really defend my Cowboys. They're not former powerhouse NFC East. It is it is really amazing how much that entire division has just collapsed on itself. Mm-hmm. You know the Redskins disappointment, Eagles tremendous disappointment, Giants. You know even though they were in some turmoil and had some upheaval, it's still a disappointment. Cowboys perennial disappointment since the, like you know the last four or five years. Anyway, which way are you going there, Dave? It's, yeah, <laughs> yep. He's going with the Giants because he doesn't think the Giants can go zero and five. I hope you're right. I had to start David Wilson in one of my leagues. So, oh no, hey, <laughs> <laughs> was some draft spot. I, I started Eli because uh, my other quarterback is a bye this week. So, I hope you're right as well. All right, everybody. Hope you have a, a fantastic weekend. Hope your teams do fantastic as long as they're not against my team. And uh, that's it. We'll talk to you next week.